As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Here we go, Davey. Yeah, Hooray! 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 Once or twice, ruining a hooday paradise. Made some picks that weren't real nice, ruining a hooday paradise. Dalton's our latest sacrifice, hoping for a hooday paradise. We've been spending most our lives searching for a hooday paradise. And welcome back to. Fuck you! We, we like, like the, the Bengals. Bengals, featuring Coolio. Uh, I am, uh, I'm your host Alex Schubertson, and across from me, as always, is my main man. What's up, buddy? Lloyd Johnson. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, listeners? Um, listeners, I feel so official. <laughs> listeners, all three of you. I don't know how many. I, I I know exactly how many listen, and it's been good. It's been good all off season, and we're real happy that you guys are sticking with us. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, of course. How are you doing? I'm. Uh... I'm doing fine. This hasn't really changed a whole lot for me. Nothing's really changed. I mean, we're all quarantined. We all have nothing to. I mean, we all have nothing to do. Right, but I. I mean, I work, and my work didn't really get interrupted. It just got changed around a little bit. Yeah, you're not. I mean, you're still making food. Like the zoo, the zoo animals are like, hey, we're not hungry anymore. Yeah, the greedy ass thing. I want fed every day. <laughs> yeah, Greg Giraldo's joke. His kids are tough, you know, because you got to feed them almost every day. And but, Greg uh, Giraldo, one of the best. Yeah, and then I, you know, I do my side work, installing electric and stuff. And yeah, I've been, uh, I've been working for my dad doing tennis court landscaping. Like I, like I was working today. Like we're recording on a Sunday, and I worked a little bit today, and I got like some crack filler gunk on my hands. Because like, if you let a tennis court go to shit, you're gonna have a shit ton of cracks. And we had to fill a lot of cracks today, and some of the gunk got like on my hands, on my pants, on fucking everything. Shoot out here filling cracks. Yeah! And I'm also working on tennis courts. Classic misdirection, people! Nah, I do okay. I just miss I just miss stand-up a lot. That's my big thing. <clears throat> yeah, I was just saying, like, I, I realized maybe before the... I think before the quarantine, I really didn't go anywhere for, like, the past couple months beforehand anyway. <laughs> so it really, I mean, it didn't change a whole lot for me. I, I, it changed a ton for me. Because okay. I, uh, no, I had, the weekend that shit hit the fan, I was supposed to be in Detroit. I had, like, a weekend of shows booked. I was going to do, like, a mic on, I or I was going to do, like, a club mic on Tuesday, or just mics fucking every night. And that Tuesday or Wednesday, I was supposed to go to my first ever NBA game. I was going to go to a Pistons game. I used to love the Pistons when I was a kid. <laughs> I have never cared about basketball at all. It's, uh... I try to because it's one of the three big sports in uh, in America. 
So I try to follow it as much as I can. I think again, I I got I got interested in boxing like at an early yeah. age. Yeah. And then anything that wasn't combat sports, like I followed football. But every time somebody tried to get me to watch baseball or basketball or something, I'm like, right? But when do they when do they hit each other? Like, <laughs> uh, when the Pistons play the Pacers, when Ron Artest is on the you remember the. Remember the, yeah. the malice at the palace? Oh, that was so good. Yeah, like I, I pay attention because I, I, I'm fascinated by anyone who's that good at something. So it's not like I'm like fuck those guys. I just it's hard for me to watch like a whole game, but I do kind of keep track of what's happening yeah. to some degree. Like, like baseball. I used to be like a loyal baseball follower. Not as much anymore. Holy shit! Not as much anymore. But like, I still like kind of keep up with baseball and like most of my baseball comes from the new nasty boys. comes from the most of my baseball knowledge comes from another podcast the new nasty boys which is run by billy devore we'll talk about him in a little bit because he had some big things happen to him old host of this podcast and lee kimbrell very dear friend of ours oh sweet baby blues oh sweet baby sweet baby the sweet baby boys i miss those guys dude um so i hung out with billy um, and the first, for the first time in like two months on Friday, we just like, it was our first like social gathering. Cause like bars are opening up. Do you think that's okay to have like six people over? I'm uh, I'm gonna sit back and watch. What do you mean? I mean, I, I don't have a big like desire to go <clears throat> do stuff or be around a bunch of people. Yeah. Like most of the time ever really anyway. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll show up to like an open mic every now and yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like. I just I don't I don't have that need to do it. So yeah. like, I think for a while I'll just sit back and watch and see if any of you guys die. <laughs> and if you don't, then I'll start showing up to shit again. Yeah, because I mean it was it's the first social gathering I've had in like two months, and it was like me, Billy, his wife Alicia, who's a dear friend of mine. I love her a lot. Um, a couple other guys who run the Neighborhood Play podcast, Danny Samet and Tyler Snipes. Uh, which Danny will be on, uh, if it's okay with you, next month. You say he follows football. Yeah. He's a real smart guy. I love that guy. And Danny's girlfriend, Morgan, who fucking rules. We all got fucking annihilated on Friday. It was like, me I, me personally, I'm kind of a lightweight. So it was like, f- I had <laughs> four White Claws. God damn it. Uh, I'm, God damn I'm a White Claw bitch. Uh, in addition to a little, a uh, little cup of bourbon and a, and a shot of tequila, I was right fucking there. Okay. That's like up to 6 PM. Then what about after that? <laughs> well, all right. So after that, I snorted two lines of crystal meth. Then I went to church now. Um, but no, that night, I mean, I'm kind of a lightweight. So four white claws. Thing of bourbon, shot of tequila, I was gone. Yeah. I didn't black out in person because me, I've never blacked out in my entire life. Yeah, uh, I don't black out either. I just remember really poor decisions. Oh yeah, like, we like, were... I, I I get jealous every once in a while. I blacked out and don't remember doing all that. And I'm like, I mean, I remember it, but I, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Like I'm, I, not, I'm not happy that I do. Like we were playing like guilty pleasure songs on Billy and Alicia's Alexa. And I fessed up to owning a Kelly Clarkson CD when I was like 12 or 13. Lloyd is giving me the that makes sense face it right kind, now. Kind of does. Yeah, it does. 
it was. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. No, it's like I'm, I'm a, because I've gotten shit for liking Papa Roach, but like what you like. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't say anything. Like if, you, if I just put on like my station on YouTube, yeah, the barrage of different shit that would hit you, like everyone I've ever worked with, well, like. VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. They'll hear like three or four songs and then one will come out of left field and they'll look over and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so when I come into your place, it's like, it's basically a G-Easy station. <laughs> Uh, I think that's just a, some coincidence of of the times. Yeah, I've seen a lot of G Easy in here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hip hop, but there's also a lot of like old hardcore metal, old emo. Dude, I'm down. Like, I I mean, I grew up listening to like, well, like teen angst hit me because I was like when I was like an early te- when I was like preteen, it was like fucking all American rejects and. I had a brief pop punk phase in high school. I, but you're that age. That's you're yes. right on spot. But then, like, later high school was, like, post-grunge, like, fucking Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace. Mine was more like Earth Crisis, Vision of Disorder, Nothing Face. Okay, so, like, metal. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I always had hip-hop in the rotations. Like, all my metalhead friends would get in my car. Okay. And it would just be, like, some, you know, scream your face off stuff, and then it would just go over, like, Nas, and they'd be like, what, huh? I just listened to Illmatic for the first time. Dude, like, it was amazing. so good. He like uh, David Chimasura told me that he was only nineteen when he recorded yeah. it. Yeah, like him. There's a couple of guys that just like when you find out what they were. Uh, him, like Lupe Fiasco was young as fuck when his first start, first. Time really? Came out. Yeah, he's a puppy too. Some of those guys, it's just it's amazing how polished and how good they are that early on. Like there was one day I was working and I just went on a '90s rap bender. Like this, this past month, I listened to uh, Illmatic, The Chronic, and Doggy Style. <clears throat> Three of the best rap albums of the '90s. Yeah, I was. I just went back and listened to uh, Blueprint again the other day. Who's that by? Jay Z. Oh, okay. Duh. I'm I'm still kind of trying to acclimate myself. I'm a young boy. You drink white claws. I get it. <laughs> And uh, right now I'm drinking, uh, it's a new Rheingeist drink. Uh, they're not paying us. Uh, it's Zango. It's an ale with apple, mango, and tangerine. Three you, of are, my favorite things. Are you Zach Braff? <laughs> are you Donald Faison? I mean, kind of. <laughs> oh, man. I drink like a bitch. No, uh, that's the other thing is people are always like, oh, I'm a lightweight. And I'm like, I don't. I have no way of relating to this. Like, <laughs> I'll drink three quarters of a handle of Sailor Jerry in a night and be like, oh, that was a... You drink a whole bottle of podcast. I mean, not a whole one. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> it seems like it. Usually, not a whole one. How much is a bottle of Sailor Jerry? Like, how much is in it or how much does it cost? How much does it cost? $23.99 at Party Source. Oh, you... 
<laughs> you had that down pat. The only price I have down pat is my Raising Cane's order. That's the it. only thing I have down pat, which I got to slow that down. I feel like you've found seven different ways of saying you drink White Claws. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. I, I think that every time someone's like, oh, let's go get some Raising Cane's, I'm like, you know there's... A Popeye's and a Richie's chicken, like, within blocks. My biggest beef with Raising Cane's, their fries fucking suck. I, if I'm going to go get fried chicken, I'm going to get fried chicken. Like, Yeah. I mean, Cane, for me, Cane's is right fucking there. I'm used to it. I'm, I'm, I'm a very, like, familiar, like, I go for the familiar things. I have still yet to try a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Dude. You Chick-fil-A can go fuck itself? I kind of agree. Like, for so many reasons, Chick-fil-A can go fuck itself. I mean, political and food-wise. Yeah, like, but compared to the Popeye's ones, get the fuck out of here. It's not... One time I ordered a, um... Because there used to be... I used to work at UC, and there was a Chick-fil-A in, um, TUC, uh, Tangeman Center. And there was a a Chick-fil-A in there, and one time I ordered a grilled chicken sandwich, and they left off the chicken... That's <sighs> like I, I got a sandwich that did not have chicken on it. And I had to go up to the counter and be like, "I'm not sure you've gotten this uh, complaint before, but this chicken sandwich is missing the chicken." And they're like, "Oh, Stephanie!" Like, there's always like that. <laughs> every every fast food place has that one shit employee. <laughs> like, I remember I worked at Pizza at one time for for a while, and I. That's a conversation for a different time. I just only ever did one thing the entire time I worked there. They're like, well, we need you on make table. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you need you on what? Make table, like where you actually make pizzas. Like, I'm not, I'm oh. not doing that. They're like, all right, well, I answer phones. I'm like, for sure not doing that. When I worked at Dewey's, which I fucking love Dewey's, um, there were four stations. There were um, toss, top, ovens, and salads. Guess what I was? Every fucking time. I was not... I tried to toss. I kind of learned how to toss a pizza. But... But yeah. salads is just like... It was the simplest one. So like, Schubert, you're on salads. I only ever cut the pizzas and put them in boxes. For the yeah. Year. Like, I worked there for... A well pizza hut? Year. Yeah. Put in your password, buddy. Because our computer shut off. Uh, wow, that was quick. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> Uh, Lloyd comes in 10 seconds. I mean, thanks for the boost, but yeah. <laughs> I think... Do you want to get personal? Go for it. What's the quickest you've ever come? Um, Like, you're just like, it. it you didn't want to, but you're like... Oh, there's one time we didn't get clothes all the way off. No, I was, this is when I was like... <laughs> I was like 14? Okay, because I didn't start having sex until my, like my late 20s. Or late 20s. Early to mid twenties. Uh, yeah, I was like 14, wow, oh fourteen, boy. and it was uh, it was a girl who I later found out was nineteen. I thought she was seventeen. I you dirty dog! But yeah, she was. Uh, she, yeah, that, it, we didn't even get to the. And I'm proud to say, was she I, your teacher? No, she was a friend of mine's sister. And all right, well, we got to get the cops out here now. Alright, so apparently there was a mix-up. I thought she was 17, and she thought I was 17, because my buddy that is her brother 
had said something. He was talking about someone else, and both of us just heard the wrong <laughs> pieces of that story, I guess. Wow. And then, yeah, we were all just crashed there for the night, and then it, whatever. It, just took off? Yeah. So your answer was before close her off? Yeah. Also, I should point out when I was 14, I had a beard. <laughs> like, I can barely grow a beard now when I'm 27. <laughs> like, I've shown my friend Taylor, shout out to Tay uh, he can't grow a beard if you gave him six years stranded on an island with nothing else to do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was flipping to old Facebook pictures one time looking for something specific, and he looked at he saw one picture, he's like, I don't think I ever saw you wear glasses like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's when I first got him. I was like 15. And he just, his head just drops to his chest. Like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like 15. He's like, did you have a full fucking beard in that picture? I was like, yeah. Is that weird? And he's like, <sighs> and he like, literally just starts stroking the four little pubes on <laughs> like his Like, if you put him on an island for six years, six years later, it would look like he had just got there. Yeah, he, he's, it's, He's a sweetheart and I love him to death, but beard growing is just not going to yeah. be in the cards for him. That sucks. I'm just, I mean, I, I I can only grow like a neck beard. I can't really grow the cheeks. That's like my thing. Well, here, I'll show you. I, I haven't shaved like the under part underneath my beard in like a week and a half. Jesus Christ. It's like a whole other beard under my beard. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have a sub beard. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't. Like, I'm not a super hairy dude either. Like, I don't have, like, the crazy hairy shoulders and... Uh, yeah. None of that, but just my face. If I shave it completely down in the morning, by, like, late afternoon, I ha- I look like I am intentionally didn't shave all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what a weird way to answer the question. How fast have you come? <laughs> yeah. You right were... into my own beard. No, uh... <laughs> oh, boy. You shoot that high? Hey, it's not a far shot. Yeah, I uh, I plead the fifth on oh, that. because I have a really long beard. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, for my answer, I plead the fifth. Oh, okay. I Second. See. Oh, you want to get personal? Ask me a question and just offer nothing? That's... Uh, no, I'll answer. Um, it was Friday with Billy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my second fastest. <laughs> um, so, what are we talking? Like, for on, like... Sticking it in, or, like, from, like, the get-go? Well, like, mine, I mean, it, it slowed us down for a second, but then we still went ahead, because I was 14, and it just came right back. But Yeah. I just meant, you know, whenever, when, what's the quickest your dick's ever barfed? Just map. Uh, if we're talking, like, sticking it in, um, wow, we're getting real personal. On the way in? Uh... I'm going to say, and this is being generous, 15 seconds. That's not bad. Yeah. That's like a pretty good time for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's being generous. The longest I've ever lasted was literally the entire night. I don't know why that's way creepier, but let's just... (laughs) (laughs) I have no problem at all being like, oh yeah, the one... The longest, that just sounds braggy and weird, and I don't like Yeah, it. you're right. I don't like it. You're right. So. I'll edit that out of the podcast. How about them bangles? <laughs> How about them bangles? No, I was going to talk about some stand-up more. <coughs> oh, I'm just teasing, man. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we'll get to Joseph Lee Burrow, my new, my new Lord and Savior. 
Yeah, because I was going to talk about stand-up for a little bit because I've, I've gone back and forth on like talking about this, but uh, I'm starting to write about having autism, and it's been it's been like an up-and-down journey. What a transition from having sex to having autism. Yeah, one usually gets in the way of the other. <laughs> You're, I can say that I'm autistic, too. I can say that. I was autistic all through high school and college. Say? Yeah, and a virgin all throughout High school and college. Not the same. Not the same. <laughs> no, I, I've uh, gotten real personal. No, I Y'all grew, are learning a lot about me. I grew up in Alabama, man. Like, uh, yeah. You show me a sixteen-year-old virgin in Alabama, I'll show you a fucking unicorn because they're about as likely <laughs> to exist. <laughs> oh boy! No, the teen pregnancy—it's highest in like Mississippi, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, where education is fifty-first. Yeah. <laughs> And there you was know, a, there I'm, was I'm a, gonna repeat this for the people in Mississippi. There's only 50 states. Yes. But if you count the the, pro, you know, the the territories we own, yeah, and and you lump them all together <laughs> like they usually do in that case, Mississippi's still worse than all of them. There was a stand-up show where someone said, uh, I, "I forget what state it was. I'm gonna say Alabama for the sake of this." They said, uh, "My home state, Alabama, got 49th in education. I wonder who got 4010th." I, if you said that in Mississippi, you'd have just people nodding. Like, I, I, I do wonder that sometimes. I do wonder that too, Pappy. It's, it's the worst place in the world. I, Is I, there a good city in Mississippi? Uh, Jackson's mildly tolerable. Shout it out in Uptown Funk. It's it's mildly tolerable. Everything else in that state, and I've been in that state way too much, is fucking awful. I don't doubt it. It's everything... Think of like, alright, so, when I lived in Alabama, I lived near one of the largest trailer parks in the world. Wow, that's saying a lot. Okay, um, so I lived in Alabama, Alabama. Yeah, it was the 12th largest trailer park in the world and the 12th largest trailer park in Alabama. <laughs> and uh, apparently there's one in Mississippi that covers 14 square miles. You're fucking me. Nope. <laughs> and, uh... As far as I can tell, it only covers 14 square miles because no one there can count above 14 to realize it's the entire fucking state. <laughs> it's the whole state. Oh, that sounds so gross. It's... Alright, you know all the things that make you scared walking in, like, the worst part of, like, an inner city city? Oh, like trash everywhere? Yeah, yeah, but it's... It's the same thing in trailer parks. Like, this is what I... Like, the worst ghetto you've ever been to is the same as, uh, like, a normal trailer. Oh, so down the hill from Clifton in between Clifton and OTR? Yeah. That's basically a a Mississippi trailer park. Oh, God. It's horrifying. I used to go to trailer parks when I was a kid because my grandparents had an RV. And, like, it didn't seem trashy at the time. Because it was just like a camping trip. Yeah, I I used to go to trailer parks all the time and it didn't seem trashy because I grew up in Alabama. And then I moved to a place where we had, you know, the learning and the indoor plumbing. And civilization. And, uh... That's civilization. I don't want to go back, ever. Like, people are always like, oh, I should move out to the country and get some land. And I'm fucking go. What, like, whose goal is Mississippi? No, no one's. None. People in Mississippi, half of them don't know they live in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) everyone in america there's two kinds of people in america people who live in mississippi and people who know how to spell mississippi that's uh that's sadly there's no way that's not wrong (laughs) 
It's it's so bad. Like I could go on for an hour about how much I fucking hate that state. <laughs> and I hate and Texas. Texas has some amazing cities. Austin's gorgeous, beautiful. Houston. Fun. I mean, I've never been to Texas, but I've heard like <laughs> Dallas is incredible. Houston. I have a buddy who owns uh, a, Austin, a bunch of houses, and he lives in Houston. And he, his main business is in uh, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay. And he goes back and forth between the two. And I've been with him through both those cities, and they're great. And then there's the rest of it. There's Texas. And it's like... Uh, also San Antonio, we can't ignore them. I, I've never been to San Antonio, but uh, people do seem to have a positive view of it. Uh, now, I've been to Lovett, Texas. <laughs> which is almost the same as I've put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> because it's the most depressing shit ever. <laughs> I, the only time in my life I've ever walked out of a meal, we went, we went into a diner, and it was so corny, crazy, stereotypical Texas that I didn't even wait till our food got there before I left. I went and sat in the fucking van. We were installing cell phone towers. We what? Were, How bad was it? All right, so the lady who came up to take our order, uh, she's, I'm going to guess, 52, but in Texas I could also be 29. <laughs> She looked like a baseball mitt with a Dolly Parton wig. Oh, God. Did she have Dolly Parton boobs as well? Um, she did, but they were... Uh, like, if she was somebody's trophy wife, that trophy had some tarnish. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I once joked uh, a participation trophy wife. Yeah, she was... Uh, she was rough. Like, she sounded like she gargled thumbtacks in the morning. Hey, honey. Hey, how you doing? And, uh, I have an aunt that talks like that, and it's was, so bad. She was wearing a belt buckle bigger than these pop guards on our microphones. Oh, God. Her jeans looked like she had been wearing them for the past 16 years because there was no getting them on or off She looked again. like an SNL character. Like, if you, yeah, if you if you made, like, a shitty stereotype of a Texas person, that's what she was. And she walked up, hey, honeys, how we doing today? And Which, I mean, I'll, to her credit, that could be some southern charm. Right, that's fine. I'm from Alabama. I can manage that part. And then she hands us some menus that are just pictures. They're just <laughs> pictures of food. And so we all just kind of point at something like, I guess this? And she brings out the first order, because one of the guys was there a few minutes before. Were so they like, on paper plates? No, they were just in, like, shitty, like, do-it-yourself, like, uh, textbook laminate. Oh, no, 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 I'm talking the meal itself. Oh, uh, no, they were on, like, they were on regular diner wear. But, uh... Okay. So she brings up the first guy, and it's all of the food. All of the breakfast food. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of shit. And she goes, everything's bigger in Texas, honey. And I got out and left. I walked the fuck out. <laughs> like, as soon as she said it, I was just like, this is... There's... Okay, so there's so many sayings that are touristy. Like, um... Prime example, Nolens. Right. Nobody in New Orleans says Nolens. Here's another example, Atlanta. When I got into the Atlanta airport in December, I found out it is frowned <laughs> upon to call it Hotlanta. Yeah. When you say everything's bigger in Texas, people in Texas have that as a pride symbol. I everything's bigger in Texas. But it was it was just. I don't know, it was 7.30 in the morning, and it was, she was just too stereotypically shitty Texas. Oh, God. And I literally just went and sat in the van, like, 
We'll pull through one of the 14 Hardys I saw on the way here <laughs> and get something. Like, I can't. I can't with this bitch anymore. I like, used to fuck with Hardys. Cinnamon raisin biscuits? I love Hardys. The Big Buford is like, what, 1,500 calories? rallies, man. Oh, no, no, no. They had the... the th- I have a joke about a Big Buford. Uh, the Monster Thick Burger, I believe. Yeah, something terrible. But, yeah, like... Hardy's is great if you like if you don't give a fuck about your life. Oh yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's same as like, I love rallies. Oh, I'll fuck with rallies. They have some of the best fries on the planet. But rallies, you know, <clears throat> it can slow down your breathing for a few hours. <laughs> it really can. And uh, but yeah, Texas is awful. I will like, fuck with a fry burger so at rallies. Have fun with fucking Texas, Andy Dalton. Oh boy, we'll talk about that in a little bit because I was originally going to talk about. Because you and I both relate to autism and stuff. Yes. Because we, because I've, I've kind of gone back and forth about talking about it. Because I don't want to be an upworthy comic. Right. If you know what I'm saying. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I don't want to inspire people. I don't want to have that Texas waitress come up to me and like, oh, you're that disabled comic. You're an inspiration. Go. I got one. Fuck of, yourself. Like I got one of them dirt, dirt kids too. I think you're an. <laughs> Oh boy, I, I I can't stand those people. I don't want that crowd because I'm like, I mean I'm like kind of fucked up up here, and I I'm not like a clean wholesome comic, <clears throat> and I don't want to be that that guy that just, everyone's just like, oh you're so special on stage and you make us so proud and you represent the autism. Fuck you. Right, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to champion a cause in order to talk about something that's a part of your life. Exactly. No, thank you. Because, like, when I, because I'll have people, I would have people come up to me after shows and be like, uh, they'd say like, oh, I know someone with autism. I'm like, I don't care. Just say it was funny and fuck off. Throw that into a joke. Like, and if you think this is me trying to get you to come up after stage and tell me about the two autistic people you've ever met, go fuck yourself. I've tried that because it's like, um, it's like their 15th cousin's stepbrother's waitress. I went to school with a kid who used to chew on windows. I think he was autistic. <laughs> Dude, cool, did you see, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there was a thing. I don't know how much you follow TikTok, which I kind of got in on that train. We get it. You drink White Claws. Okay. <laughs> Allison's on board with it, so I'm like, I'll try and get on board with it. And I did a little bit. But... There was a, uh, so it's like a video thing, it's like Vine, but there was uh, a hashtag called the Autism Challenge, where people would just, yeah, raise your eyebrows, Lloyd, it's fucked! Um, People would, like, from what I read, they would dance to the song Let's Get It Started by the Black Eyed Peas, and act autistic. And I believe this came from the fact that Originally, the song was called Let's Get Retarded. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so people would dance to that and act autistic, and it's offensive as shit, and people are just thinking they're funny as hell. It's but, uh, The way autism is, is portrayed in most things is awful. Um, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll be frank. I was only diagnosed a handful of years ago. Like Really? Yeah, it was, I was in a medical trial for a medicine... That for the bone disease I have, and one of the psych evaluators just kind of pulled me off the side, like, hey, you know that this is what's going on, right? And I went, no clue. <laughs> yes. 
oh yeah, bro, like you're all of the things. And I went, oh okay. And then we had a handful of meetings, and she actually talked with me on Skype for a long time afterwards. No shit. Yeah, she was great. But because uh, I was, go ahead. Like she, uh, she recommended uh, the show on Netflix, Atypical. Okay. And uh, I think they do a, a fairly good job uh, of like representing certain parts of autism without it being like the, like offense or like too much. Yeah, like his is a more severe version than than probably mine or yours in, yes. in the way that it's. But the reactions he had to things, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. And then that would end up being a weird thing. And I'd be like, well, why was that? Oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. People don't like that. I feel like most portrayals of autism are like, we want people to know that he has it. Because, like, me and you, I mean, I don't know what my uh, perspective is to other people. It's not painfully obvious. No, definitely not. So you can't just be like, oh, here's this perfectly normal guy, but he also happens to have Asperger's. I think uh, a decent example, I, you probably hated the show, was uh, Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory. The first season, or, like I watched the first like season and a half of that show. It was, it was not bad. And then I just, when it started being just, hey, look at this guy who does autistic shit sometimes, and there's the laugh track. Yeah. I kind of lost interest, not in a like offended way, but just a... Just like, eh, whatever. There's a clown shoes. Was They're all joke. trying to fuck Kelly Cuoco. And... Yeah, it was just a one-note joke over and over again. That, all right, yeah. we got it. It's just the same shit. They did it for, like, fucking ten seasons. And... Yeah, it was like the, what was the Michael J. Fox joke, or show? Where, like, uh, the whole Family Ties? Was, no, the one he did not too long ago, where it's like, oh, he's got Parkinson's. Like, uh, Oh, that's right. I remember that, but I forget what the show was. But, uh, same thing. Like, <laughs> it just, it, okay, yeah, you, you get a laugh or two here, and then it's... It's the same. Yeah. Because, like, people with autism, like, I have, like, some of the, like, some of the same quirks and, like, obsessive quirks. But, but Sheldon had this thing, like, Sheldon's character, the Big Bang Theory, he had some of those quirks. And they were just played out like a motherfucker for ten seasons. Right. Well, it also was just a highlight. Or however many seasons there were. It was just also just, like, a highlight reel of specific behaviors. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. People don't get how how much your brain gets chewed up with things like intrusive thought and like these weird repetitive coping mechanisms you make and things like that. Yeah. Like, I, I do weird number patterning stuff when I get real stressed and I do it in my head. Yeah. And just, you know, I'll, I'll up the first two numbers and lower the second two numbers of a pattern and I'll just break them and keep going in my head because it's just, it, it was something we were doing in school that it just was comforting in a weird way. And I yeah. still do it. I feel like, like, some of Asperger's, which is what both of us have, uh, I feel like it kind of... No, bore- I have the other side. You have You're the other Asperger's. side. Uh, I have Asperger's. You have... I'm... High-functioning? Yes. I mean, we're both high-functioning, but... Right, well, but... So, you know, say the autistic spectrum for a reason, there's one side leans much more towards Asperger's, the other's what, like, they generally would have called autism. Yeah. So technically, I don't... I'm a high functioning neuro non-typical. Like they just yes. leave it vague. You've alluded to this in the past. <clears throat> and uh mine's much more the autism ADHD side where I feel like yours is much more the Asperger's OCD side. Yeah. Cuz I definitely have like OCD quirks, but they're real weird. Yeah, and they overlay a lot, but there is there's differences in the way they go. So like calling me Asperger's is not it's not a good fit for how my head Deals yeah, with things. like if you study because it. like I 
because I kind of ran on the assumption. Do you have to? Do you have to spittle? Okay, because um, Lloyd was real sick before this. Um, I ran on the assumption that high functioning autism was like the only form was Asperger's. No, that's just one side of the spectrum. You can be high functioning on that side, or low functioning on that side, or high functioning, low functioning on the other side. Yeah, and. Like, the severe cases of, like, ADHD and oppositional defiance disorder, those all fall, like, in the middle okay. of that. So I'm off to the right side of that, like, the severe ADHD. Um, so, like, the the category on it is more characterized by specific, like, I read in clumps. Okay. I read four or five words at a time. So I can't spell for shit. Yeah. You can teach me anything in Which, math. And I'm on the opposite. Like, when I was in the sixth grade, I won my middle school spelling bee. Granted, it was in Kentucky, so I won on the word alcohol. No, the I mean, word I won, uh, I remember I won, I, the girl before me misspelled Jeopardy. So I spelled it correctly and then correctly spelled etiquette. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm feeling great and i'm i'm smart and the whole uh fucking perfect pitch thing comes from that like you said yeah my, whereas i'm on the other side so i don't have it at all yeah i'm i am tone deaf as they come yeah like i looked it up uh, it's like a one in ten thousand trait where it's like i can identify any musical note that's um that's played like you play a musical note and be like oh that's a f sharp four or right <clears throat> and with just a short period of time i can Huh? Just go like that on the laptop, just in case. And you know, I can usually tell you how many beats per minute or something. I can keep. I can do that for songs because what I'll do is I'll uh, associate because I DJ part time. That's how I know, and I'll associate it with other songs. But the same way, like if someone's tapping on a table, if they tap out a rhythm, I'll never notice it. They can do it all day, but if they tap on count, it'll drive me fucking crazy. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but it just, that is, it, it, it's just a thing. It's always been that way. I can tell if someone played instrument or what, because when they tap or bump their foot on something and like in a music count, yeah. it drives, it, it irritates me to no end. Okay, I did not know that. someone just randomly taps, like, doesn't bother me. Something like that. It just, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. So. Yeah, I say as far as jokes go, do your jokes, but yeah, just throw if you have to that disclaimer in there. Like this isn't me trying to whatever. Just because what I what I want to do is I have a joke already where I say the weirdest things bother me, which is a quirk of Asperger's. Am I correct? Absolutely. And I've had this joke for about three and a half years now, where I say the weirdest things bother me. You know, like the phrase "I slept like a baby last night." That, bo- that doesn't make any sense, because I've never been happy about the fact that I slept in a hot car. <laughs> it's great. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, like, that's, like, introduces you to the concept of Asperger's or autism. And it also intru- intru- introduces you to the concept of, I don't fuck around. I'm not trying to do this to get the Upworthy writers. And they're going to be, because the Upworthy writers going to be like, oh, we like this. Oh, no, no, we don't like him. Yeah, I actually made a joke out of it. Uh, yeah <clears throat> but I'm same way like certain phrases will you want to see me just completely lose interest in a conversation <laughs> I'm really really bad about like a conversation will be happening yeah and I just go okay I'm out and I'll, I'll walk away like as people are talking 
Yeah. And to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you just haven't, nothing here is keeping my interest, yeah. and I'm going to go do something different. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge, I'm a huge grammar Nazi. I'm not, but I got you. Like, I hate the, uh, the Kroger's crowd, where they put the S on the end of every fucking business. Yeah. Um, couldn't of. I hate that. I'm just, I just obsess over the fucking weirdest things. Like, one of my OCD quirks, I, I, is it, could you say it's OCD? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's the same mechanism that makes it happen, but it's not usually a severe. It's like a, it's an obsessive quirk that I have. Every time I check out at Kroger in the self-checkout, I always have to do it in Spanish. I don't fucking know why. <clears throat> but that's, like, that, those are the things that are the hardest to explain to people. Yeah, it's just like when I'm getting gas, I always have to hold onto the tube, and it's it's just weird little behavioral ticks that it's that, just something I do. And everyone has little bits and pieces of that, but they don't have the same. Uh, from what I can tell, most people don't have that same like I need to do this. Yeah, like there are certain things that when I'm doing them, if you interrupt how I do them, I get real mad. Yeah, me too. The same with, like, if I put something in a place because it belongs in that place, that's its place. Yeah. That's where it goes. And you move it. I will... If I have to spend more than three seconds looking for it, I'm going to hate you for the next six months. (laughs) I mean, I'll I'll forgive you eventually, but... Well, it, it makes me so irrationally mad. Like having it, I don't understand why I get mad. I just do. Yeah, and that's that's the part that people don't get. Like, it's like... Sometimes you can be somewhere and just be like, I can't do, this is not, you know, like I, we walked in the mix walls one time, me and a handful of people, and the mixture, just the lights, the music, the people, the that. Yeah. I just, I was so overwhelmed, like my palms were sweating, and I was just like grinding my teeth together. <laughs> like I looked like I was on a fucking 72 hour meth bender, like yeah. just standing in a corner. And everyone's like, hey, are you cool? I was like, I can't be here. I have to go, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go right now. I have to Which, go. if you have lights and loud music and mix wells in Northside, which is a hipster district. It's going to be some weird shit. Right. But it just, it just hit, hit me the wrong way that day. Yeah. Like I'm like, I DJ part time. I'm, I'm in like nightclubs with like lights going everywhere. And which is a fancy way of saying my light, my $250 light display. <laughs> um, and like loud music and, and it's just like, I'm, I'm accustomed to it. Right. Well, I mean, it, not now, but, <laughs> Oh, I, I was a bouncer for years. Yeah, I, I you was told a bouncer me that. Metro- Metropolis, which was <clears> all that. It's it's just the sometimes it'll hit me the wrong way, and I I can't stay. Like I can't keep yeah. doing it. it. It overwhelms all of my senses, and I just get rage mad. Yeah. So guys, literally was standing in the corner, like with my fist balled up, clenching my teeth, like just staring holes through people, and my friends are like, <laughs> "Are you alright, man?" I was like, "Nope." Sure not. I'm not. I'm not at all. And they're like, what do you... And I'll start talking too fast. Yeah. Because I just get so... It's basically... It's like a mini panic attack. But it just stays for however long I'm in that place. Yeah, like me, one of my things is I can't... I can't have anyone else do my laundry. That's a big one for me. Yeah, the Asperger's size has a lot of those, like, possessive things of, like... Yeah. Because I'm very... I'm very possessive over my shit. Where mine is, I I can't care about a lot of things the way I feel like I should, because other people do. What do you mean? Um, 
right, here's a great example. I know where my whole family came from. Like, okay, my grandfather did all that. I don't give a fuck that I'm a Viking. It's fun to talk about whatever. But like, <laughs> people are like, I'm an Irish American, but and I want to, I want to open their mouth and spit in it as soon as they say. There like, are certain like European American like some people who are like weirdly proud of like what part of Europe they came from. I don't understand it. I, Irish is probably the biggest one. But any of them drive me nuts. Like, I, I think I come from a German background, and I don't give a fuck. It's, it's, when that's how someone defines themselves, I think way less of that person. Like, it's, it's, I don't like that that's how I do it. Yeah. <clears throat> like, one of my best friends in the world, Sean, is, he's Scottish, and he, you know, he wears a kilt every once in a while. I think it's hilarious. Because <laughs> it is! Because people To, to the it. average American, it's fucking hilarious, because we, we're not accustomed to for lack of a better term, men wearing skirts. Right, and that doesn't bother me, but when someone just goes into that whole, oh, I'm from, De-, or God forbid you bring up a goddamn, <laughs> what's your sign? Oh my God. I'd like, I don't care. I, I can't exit that conversation. You know what? I think that goes beyond that, beyond autism though, because there are like people that are like not autistic, they just don't give a fuck. Right, but it's, it's the, it's not that I don't give a fuck part. It's the... I get really mad. Like, I get genuinely angry at people for defining themselves with something like that. And yeah. I don't have a good explanation You're not why. defined by mm. when, your par- when your dad busted a nut. Yeah, if your parents had fucked a month later, you'd be a totally different person. That's what you're telling me? Yeah, exactly. Because so, there was one time um, where I told a girl I was a Virgo... And she started listing off all these, uh, like, personality traits about Virgos. And then after that, I was like, son of a bitch. I've got all of these. Yeah, so does everyone. Yeah. They're so common. So usually if someone asks me what my sign is, I just say, dinosaur. Or (laughs) platypus. And they're like, that's not a real sign. I'm like, none of them are, you fucking moron. (laughs) It's all made up. But it's not... That I don't like that. It's the irrational level of anger I get. Yeah. In response to it, where I've been... About something that's, you could say, borderline irrational. Right. Well, it's, no, it's not borderline. It's absolutely irrational. But it's the fact that I get, like, I want to hurt your feelings mad if you bring it up. Yeah. And I've had people... I've had girls say, like, oh, <laughs> you're a Virgo. We aren't compatible. I'm like, I don't care. I just want... Right, see, if someone said that to me, like, <clears throat> oh, you're a Libra, we're not compatible. I'm like, oh, you're a moron, so we weren't in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm already out. Like, there would be no recovering from that. You yeah. could be... It's the same way a lot of girls feel about sports. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Well, no, again, if I just didn't give a fuck, that would be fine. Yes, yeah. It's the, it's the amount of anger my brain produces over it. Yes. It makes me seem... I feel like such an asshole. And this applies to a bunch of different things. This is just one specific example. Yeah. But there's just things people do where my response is literally me trying my best to contain it, and I'm still awful in how I respond. Yes. It's like... Somebody's like, oh, what's your sign? I'm like, platypus. I mean, <laughs> it's not real. I'm like, no, no more. You Can I steal idiot. that? Yeah. There, there's, I think there's a meme where someone says dinosaur... And I had like 40 people send it to me. Because <laughs> they know that that's not your shit. Yeah, or just they've heard me like, 
anytime someone's brought it up, I'm like, oh, I'm a pterodactyl. <laughs> like, I don't, like I said, like, um, my brain just, does, like, makes me do irrational shit. Like, for example, like, we'll talk about the concept of a simp in a second and so off. Um, like, Allison, the girl that I'm seeing right now, she has hated every single Reddit thing I have ever sent her. So my brain was like, hey, if you want this to, if you want this relationship to last, delete Reddit. And I did. Yeah, and for a lot of people that's, uh, oh, that's you making a choice, they won't get, like, the compulsion that goes with yeah. it. Yeah. Where if you, if you were like, no, I'll just keep it and not send it to her. Yeah, that's the normal thing, and my brain knows that. But the Asperger's part of me is so fucking loud that it just ignores it. It's just like, no, this is the right thing to do. And I know that, like, I can, like, bring up Reddit. I can just read it and just, like, send it to my buddies that actually do like Reddit. Right. And And I'll send her TikTok videos, and I'll send her me uh, videos of me drinking White Claws. (laughs) I guess I'm a little bitch. But yeah, the, the the parts that are that compulsive, they're really hard to explain to people. It's really hard. <clears throat> because I, and, uh, I found out about the concept, uh, like literally yesterday, about the concept of something called a simp. Um, <laughs> You're so white. Uh, I read, I, I was like going through Urban Dictionary. Um, going Reading through like definitions of like what a simp is. <laughs> One, I can't even say it. But, um, uh, where is it? It it was, like, (laughs) where the definition of a simp was, you, bitch, but instead of bitching at the end word. Yeah. (laughs) It made me laugh. But a simp, do you know, can you explain what a simp is? Uh, what were your definitions just for, just for fun, because now I want... Um, but yeah, like a sump is a, a bitch. Like a yes. weak. Uh, Lee Kimbrell put it perfectly. He said a simp <clears throat> is a pussy ass bitch. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's perfect. It's uh, people say simp stands, stands for suckas idolizing mediocre pussy. Yeah. Um, where is it? People also said it stands for squirrels in my pants, which that's funny, but. <laughs> There it is. Right there. I can't, I'm not going to say that live on air. but Look in the mirror and why you a simp-ass N-word. <laughs> the definition yeah. was just, you, N-word! Uh, <clears throat> so yeah. basically a simp is, it's a nice guy light. It's that dude who, uh... <clears throat> Like, when a girl will post, like, the, the vague book thing, and the guy who seems like he's genuinely concerned, but we all know he's not. It's just being that... Being, like, a, a genuinely nice guy, but, like, in a way manipulative. Yes, it's it's the faking being nice, to because you don't have the... You don't have anything to work with on the other side to get in with a girl. So you just do the most sensitive, sweet, nice... That's Here's a it, perfect way to put it. A simp is a too nice guy. Yes. White knight. Well, yes. But the difference between a nice guy and a simp, a nice guy will be like, if a, if, uh, a, a nice guy is nice until the girl, 
essentially turns him down. He's like, you're a fucking bitch. You're a whore slut bitch. I hate your guts. I hope you die and cut yourself. And yeah, anyway, out of shit. that, we'll X out of my inbox for that. <laughs> <laughs> but a simp, and I've done simpish things, and I feel like a shithead for it. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> that will probably be the last thing anyone would ever accuse me of. <laughs> <clears throat> I am far too much on the other side. Yes. But the vague uh, status gets a what the fuck are you posting this from me? Like <laughs> But it's like you're you're too beautiful to feel this bad about yourself and I think you're the greatest thing in the world. A simp is the kid who asked the teacher right before the bell rings, like, Do we have any homework? <laughs> do the do do we have any homework? And by the way, that's a lovely dress you're wearing. Yeah, that sweater vest really brings out your eyes, Mr. Kristoff. <laughs> That was an awfully specific example. <laughs> All made up. Kristoff is not a name you pull out of your ass. I might have a teacher. Oh, I did have a teacher named Mr. Kristoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Like, mm, what's the most? I honestly didn't think of him when I said it, though. That's. Um. Yeah, <sighs> the simp is basically a too nice guy. Like, for 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 example, last year at a DJ gig I worked, there was a girl <clears throat> that I had a thing for. She's. I'm not, I'm not going to get into details, but she was the shit. And we're still, like, in touch to this day, kind of, but she's the fucking best. And I asked she's her out. simply keeping track of her. <laughs> um, that was a hate-filled fuck you middle finger. <laughs> it really was. I gave Lloyd the biggest middle finger. Um, well, actually, spoiler alert, uh, she moved from Dayton to Cincinnati, so... All for you. No, not for me. Um, but I asked her out. She said no. And I basically, like, treated her better than I did when I was, like, essentially trying to... I don't want to say win her over, because that feels weird. Gain her attention. We'll go with that. You get what I'm saying. Yes. But, like, I treated her better as to be like, hey, I'm not... I don't think any less of you... Um, because you're not on my side. Matter of fact, I think you're, you're better. I think you're, I mean, if anything, saying no to me says you have your, says you have your shit together, but. <laughs> sometimes it's just a good call. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm like. Peace, but sometimes my low self-esteem is just good judgment. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like we talked after the night and I'm just like, everything's cool. I just want, I'm like, I kind of go for like the, uh, I want you to be happy. Uh, I kind of take that a little too far, I feel like, sometimes. And that... <clears throat> which I do! I genuinely do. No, uh, the problem is, is you're a nice guy, which butts easily against that. Yeah. I'm an asshole. But yeah. it makes me almost more... <clears throat> well-equipped to deal... Whether or not a girl is interested in me or not... <clears throat> doesn't change the way I... No, for me, I, it never does. Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't feel the need to be like, oh, I'm going to make sure you know I'm not upset. Yeah. I'm I'm that way where I literally go out of my way, out of my way to be like, I am not upset at you. I think you're, I still think you're my friend. I think we can still be the shit. Right. Because I, I feel <clears throat> like what a simp does is they do that with, it's like Steve Urkel-esque. Yeah. It's, it's... Where they, like, they're, they're their friend. With their hopes that someday they change their mind. And Hollywood fucked that up for a lot of people. 
where they're like, eventually the nerd who shouldn't get the girl well, gets the girl. Wear her down. No, yeah, like that, that's, until she caves. That's such a weird concept. That's what I was getting at a second ago. It doesn't change the way I interact or feel about somebody. Like, if I think you're interesting, you're interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> if I hope you're interested in me, cool. If I find out you're not, it doesn't change when I find you interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to cater either way. But that's just how my personality works. Yeah. So I feel bad for the nice guys that get wrapped up in that, oh, you're just some incel simp, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <clears throat> I literally just learned about the con, because I'm like obsessively, um, <clears throat> like I went on Reddit threads, like, I'm, wow, I want to make this very clear. I'm not an incel. I need to make that very clear. I don't think anyone here would think of that of you. Yes. I've had sex, I promise. <laughs> like two or three times. Um, not a lot more than that. But not too much. Um, but I try to educate myself on like how to not be like a nice guy and or like how to not be a nice guy. Right. The heavy quotation marks. Yes, the nice guy registered trademark. Yeah. Just be who you are and you'll be fine. You're not Yeah. And if a girl isn't into that, like you just fucking move on. <laughs> or if they're interesting and fun to hang out with, hang out with them and just never you don't have to think that it's going to be a thing. You can just have friends. Like, yeah. I have female friends that could walk into my room at 3 a.m. stripped butt naked, and I'd be like, hey, you're drunk. Why don't you just lay down? <laughs> like, it would never occur to me to cross past that, because I know that's not yeah really what... And I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm an asshole in that way that... <clears throat> Even if it was somebody, I was like, "Oh, maybe this will be a thing," and then I find out they're not into it. After that point, you're just you're just yeah. a person. You're just you're the same as my buddy who, like, if I decided, like, "Hey, I really want to fuck you," yeah, he'd be like, oh, "I'm not into it, bro," and I'd be like, "All right." I feel horrible for saying this. I wish it was the same for me. Like you will, you will still, you will still be my friend. I th- I will think of you. You're great, but it's like. It will take a while for the feelings to go away. Will it take a while for the, like, me attempting? No. It, it's gone immediately. Like, the feelings for me, like, will will still be there in a way. And that's what sucks. It does, but it's also, it's, it's how you deal with it is what, what makes the difference. It's how you outwardly deal with if it. If you take it, out, no, I'm saying if you take it out on that person, then fuck you. Then you're a dick! Yeah, if you don't, then whatever. It's just life. It's... Yeah, don't take it out on the other person. They didn't do anything <clears throat> wrong. They were just the object of your affection. I mean, or this... not affection, like, uh, attention. Desire. Yeah. Attention, desire, yeah. It's the same way that, like, there's dudes I've met that I'm like, this dude's fucking cool, I want to hang out, and they just don't seem to be... I wouldn't get mad at them. Like, they're just being who they are and doing what they were, yeah. so I wouldn't treat it, uh, a, a girl any other... A, woman any any different than that in yeah my head. i feel like, like i can still get away with saying girl <laughs> i'm an old man yeah you cannot get away with saying girl i, no, I have like. a i have a 17 year old daughter I can't yes um yeah so i feel like i'm it sucks that like i can't like get rid of feelings as quickly because i'm like kind of an emotional guy so it's like and i'm lucky to be seeing a girl now like granted she's quarantined so we've been like video chatting for the last month she's your quarantine Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it won't last long. But. It's like I know it's gonna be. I know it's gonna be soon enough. But it's like, 
Oh, because right now, like we've we've gotten personal. America is hornier than it has ever been. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I. <clears throat> There's a group of ladies that, for whatever reason, it seems like every time I stop at the grocery store on my way home, they're at that Kroger, and it's like four women in their, I guess, late thirties, mid forties. All right. And every time I see them, one of them is like, "Hey, how's it going, to man? How's it going to?" Th-? <laughs> like, and the last time I ran into them, like about it was less than a week ago, it was way more aggressive. Oh yeah, because everyone's just like, "Oh, I'm on a dry spell right now. This sucks." Because I'm guessing they're all like single moms, because there's usually like two or three kids with them. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely, definitely seeing, or just the way some people are like at work have interacted with each other. Oh yeah, there's just, there's like way more. Oh well, oh yeah, because you work at the I, like yeah, Lloyd has an office job. He doesn't, but it's like we're all we're all starved, and it's just like oh my god. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just too old, or maybe I just am am apathetic enough that <clears throat> it's it's not. I com I completely lack apathy. Like I care so much about everything. I am uh, apathy is a is a coping mechanism for me. Like I am empathetic to a point where. I'll have conversations and people look at me like I'm a psycho because I'm too empathetic towards the people involved in a situation. Yeah. Like, I can see the other person's side too much. And then, you know, I'll pose an argument of, what about this? Like, do you ever consider this person is? And I come across, like, a monster sometimes. Yeah. Like, I... This won't be popular, but I, I one time was making a point of, I had had a conversation with a guy who admitted that he was a, he had sexual thoughts about children. Okay. And he just broke down and was like, dude, it's the most awful shit ever. I don't ever want to act on it. I don't know how to da da da. And he had literally like moved away from everybody to this. He moved from like North Carolina to Florida where there's like this trailer park that's full of just guys that have that issue and da da da. And it broke my fucking heart hearing him talk. Like, he's like, I don't want. To feel the way I feel, but I do, and that, and it, like, it almost could have brought you to tears, like how. But at the same time, there's that still a piece of me like, if you ever came near my kid, I'd fucking kill you. I have actually, I recently had a conversation with Kyle Steele about this. He's a, he's a Dayton guy, <clears throat> but I'm actually on your side with that, because like you don't like if you, as long as you haven't done it, like this might be really unpopular, because kids are like they're so like. They're so protected and so fragile. It's like we, they're like, they're so trusting. And if anyone hurts a kid in any way, there's just, you're automatically just ousted from society forever. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. But there are, like you said, there are people who are like, I don't want to hurt children. But they do. Or, but they like. That's, that's where they're. That's where they're, like they have go. sexual thoughts about children, but they don't want to hurt them <clears throat> and haven't like essentially done anything. They just have these urges. That they're like, "Fuck, I don't know what to do." And 
Kyle Steele's wife is a psychologist. And she suggested that just treat treat it like an addiction. Like you haven't done anything wrong, but you cannot be around what you're addicted to. Right, and that's basically how this guy uh, – the way me and him actually started talking was a friend of mine apparently got into a deep conversation with him and was like, I don't know what to do with this and just kind of passed him on to me. And I was like, I don't know why this is – but they – for whatever reason, my friend thought that I would have better things to offer. And it, it really came down to, like, the guy's frustration was he wanted help. Yes. That's, like, and every, to me, that's admirable. And everyone he went to for, like, psychiatric treatment was like, well, if I think it's too severe, I'll report something. I have to report something to... Be, it's like, is it severe enough that you're going to do something about it? Right, which... I think he doesn't, I, I, judging from how he judges and beats himself up, it it doesn't seem like that's a possibility in his world. It's just a self hate that goes with it. But he kept getting basically booted from psychiatrists for like, he'd finally admit part of what was causing him the biggest problems. And they'd be like, well, I can't treat someone with this. Did he say what the age group is that he's, into um so he was pretty severely uh uh abused at like 10 years old oh okay and it seems to stick right around that would like i think like having something like that happen to you might like fuck your mind up in a bit which might have caused like this attraction to children right which is what he says it's really about that same age group because even like it's gonna sound fucked up one time he told me like, even like older teenagers are repulsive to him Okay. But in the same way, he also has a weird thing for elderly people because it was an elderly person that... Okay. Because uh, there, was a, there was a stand-up shot, and it's a, it's a really good joke. But it was about R. Kelly. He said, uh, R. Kelly is technically not a pedophile. Because people know this. A pedophile is attracted to people who are prepubescent. A hebophile is attracted to people in the early stages of puberty, typically 11 to 14. An aphebophile is attracted to people in the later stages of puberty, typically 15 to 19. But I think the reason we don't make those distinctions is because it's hard to explain the difference without sounding like a pedophile. Exactly. That was, uh, oh boy, I can't read that. John uh, uh, Marco Ceresi on uh, Instagram. It's a very funny joke, and it's on stand-up shots. It's, like one of, it's one of the top stand-up shots posts of all time, and you can find it on r slash stand-up shots. I feel like we, we, neither of us thought we were going to go into anything crazy deep like this on, yeah, a, we really on a football have. podcast. <clears throat> yeah, like Lee and, uh, <clears throat> Lee and Billy talked, like literally up top they talked about like literally their sex strategies and white privilege. So I think we're okay. Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I don't feel like I've said anything bad, but I also yeah. am bad at reading. It's but. like, we're, like the thing is though, we're just saying our opinions. We're not. I mean, I don't want to... We're not dicks. No, we're not I, being assholes. Mine was just a reference to being hyper-empathetic to things. So yes. apathy to me is an easy... If I can just categorize things as things I don't care about or things I'm unwilling to spend the energy thinking about, it's, sometimes that's easier. Yes. Because I can get way too empathetic on something and then I struggle, like, trying to yeah. cope with feeling bad for somebody who has something awful. 
Yeah, who deals with something awful and they can't do anything about it. And so many people will shut them down and be like, "You're an awful person. Uh, I don't want any. I don't want anything to do with you because you're you have just the the worst thoughts known to man." Right. So to me, that sucks. That's terrible. It really is. But at the same time, if someone did something to my kid, there would be you I would I you would be to go to jail. Like, yeah. There was one dude, and this is the last thing I'll say because we can get to the, we'll get to the dick jokes later, right, Lloyd? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Uh, there was one. Uh, there was one guy who was like being shipped off to jail. This is on video. He was being shipped off to to jail for molesting a girl, and on camera, that girl's dad shot that dude to death. Yep. Have you seen that video? I have. Yeah. And I'm like. I mean, it is technically murder, but also good for you. And uh, he also got, like, two months of probation for that. Yeah. That's, like, fucking good. I think it was Texas, so. Yeah. But that was fucking nuts. Yeah, and... Good on him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I don't blame him at all. So. It's just that weird dichotomy of feeling so bad for something that you find so repulsive. Yeah. Yeah. But then I can get rage mad over fucking zodiac signs. Yes, <laughs> like our brains work in weird ways. Is, that's that's the I guess the the point we were making there. We got uh, really, really deep there. We yeah. got really deep there. We're over an hour in. Oh shit! Yeah, we are over an hour in, and we haven't even discussed. We're gonna get to the Bengals. We're we might eclipse two and a half hours on this because oh. we got burns later. Yeah, we start writing burns again. Yeah, uh, just for this episode, <clears throat> we're not gonna um, do any. Uh, burns until uh week one which who knows when it'll happen but let's transition from child molesters to the bangles what the fuck happened last week let's hope that's a transition yeah that's all we got really uh the first and foremost um 80 14 is no longer a bangle he is a Dallas Cowboy. Have fun in Texas, Ginger. <laughs> like he was, he, I think he already had like property in Dallas or something like that. So well, yeah, he played at TCU. So. Yeah, well, he, he yeah, he literally lives in lived in Katy, Texas. Um, but Dallas surprised me at first, but then it was like it makes sense. I think uh, I think he would have been a Dolphin if they hadn't got. I, I I was thinking Jaguars or Patriots. <clears throat> I think the Patriots have like a a handful of options that they're they're working. Yeah, like they have Jarrett Stidham, who he's. I mean, no one's really seen him because Tom Brady's played there for fucking almost twenty years. <clears throat> I think they also have a handful of guys that used to play there that have moved on to other places that are available this year if they really want them and. Like, they could still get Cam Newton. He's out of a job for some reason. I feel like... I think the reason Cam Newton's out of a job is because he want Like... I feel like the reason Cam Newton's out of a job is the same reason Jadavion Clowney's out of a job right now. Because they want more money and more accolades than they deserve. Granted, Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl. Those five years ago. Dual threat quarterbacks age like... What age is really fast? Cheese! Milk in the sun. Yep. Which becomes cheese. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's the reason why Cam Newton's out of a job right now is because he like he wants more money than he deserves. So, so I think one of the teams that he tried out for, I believe it was last year, when they mentioned that he might be back up for X amount of time before he would play, he was like, well, that would be a deal breaker for well, yeah, Cam Newton has one of the biggest – he has one of the biggest egos in the NFL. So I think that has more to do with it than – or fi- at least as much to do with it. Because five years ago, Cam Newton, best athlete in the NFL. Now, Lamar Jackson. I think there's, I think there's too many other options out there for him to not be willing to at least consider being a backup. Who else is out there, though, besides Cam Newton? <clears throat> Like, just look at the draft. They picked, what, six, seven quarterbacks? Uh, the, the, there were seven quarterbacks drafted? Something like that. There might have been some seven-round, like, who are you people? Like, there was Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Jalen Hurts, uh, Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason. There was two or three guys that were projected to go in the first five rounds that didn't even get drafted. I mean, that happens every year. Right, but I'm saying that there's options on the table. Yeah, there are tons. It was, it was a strong class for quarterbacks. People are saying, that, like, Jared Stidham, like, what, fifth-round pick? Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Right. How often does that happen? A sixth-round pick becomes the best quarterback ever. That happens Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, like, one of the only cases of a sixth-round quarterback being impeccable. What was it, though? There's one of them, uh, I want to say Kitna, but I don't think it was him, that was drafted, like, fifth-round. <clears throat> I feel like it's not Kidna, but it was somebody who was like a kind of a career backup, but had a handful of like uh, starting years where they did well. Uh, Matt Castle wanted, is one of those yeah, people. Matt Castle was, and he still has never seen potential of what he could be. Like, uh, uh, Kitna was undrafted. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's guys like that that are out there, and people had them on draft boards. So I think this year's one of those ones where you have a few fail safes, worst case scenario guys, other than paying Cam twenty one million dollars a fucking year. Yeah, because like you, like the Cowboys got Dalton for three million guaranteed, seven million maximum, which that is, I mean, are you? I don't know if they're going to start Dalton. They probably won't because someone on Reddit called it Dak holdout insurance. Right, but which is pretty is much what that is. If you put him in front of that line, or behind that line... Dak might lose his job. Right. Dalton might outshine him. Well, he's not bad. No, oh, he's not bad by any means. He's a very solid quarterback. Definitely has years in front of him. So, yeah, my guess is that... Like, Dalton this year, he's probably going to be playing for the contract that he's going to have for the next seven years. Yeah, I think if... If he gets the opportunity, he'll shine. Oh, easily. And think about who the, the skill players... I mean, obviously the Bengals like, were not that great because their line was trash. But think about the skill players that the, that the Cowboys have. Amari Cooper. Zeke Elliott. Now they got C.D. Lamb. They're yeah. stacked. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, if he gets a chance, I think he'll, he'll shine. He will be wonderful if he gets a chance. I mean, obvious, are we biased? Obviously. <laughs> Lloyd's face was so... St- obviously. Obviously. 
But no, uh, I think if Dalton gets a chance, I mean, again, we're biased. We're Bengals fans. We've watched Dalton for years. If he gets a chance, I l- legitimately think he could take Dak's job. I, I think that's a real possibility. Because to me, and I looked up Dak's stats, he's not been bad by any means. Do I think he's overrated? A little bit. But I think, because here's what I think about the Cowboys. Every time someone is a Dallas Cowboy, their stats, or their, like their ability is elevated two notches because you play for America's team. Well, right, and they also really prioritize having a good offensive line. Yes, I just thought of the meme of... Cause you, did you see the way Jerry Jones drafted this year? No. He drafted, like, literally by himself on a yacht. That doesn't surprise me at all. There's a, I'm going to have to pull up this picture, but... You ever seen oh. the meme of, like, the little white girl in pigtails on the couch and then the five black guys behind her who are about to pretty much gangbang her? They did that for Jerry Jones, and it was fucking great. Yeah, that's... Uh, it seems like a, a part of his existence is just that. Oh, I want... Oh, I think I found it, too. No, I didn't. Oh, screw it. I don't want to... I don't have... I don't want to have dead air. But, uh... No. Can't find it. But that's okay. No, and then, uh, John Ross, they didn't pick his up. They did not pick up his fifth-year option. And I get that. Because you don't want to pay whatever his contract was for potential... Because he was making a shit ton of money on his rookie contract. But that doesn't mean he couldn't get a new one if he does. Well, I think the bigger question is who does he get it with? Well, I mean, that's always going to be some piece of conversation with a skill player like that. But if he does well this year... He could retain... He could retain his job. Yeah, I, I think it would be a, a very... I think they'd be willing to pay to keep him if he can continue doing it. But if he, like... If he puts up a shit ton of numbers in a contract year, he's going to be like, oh, I want $15 million a year now. Right, like, A.J. Green's going to be... he. I mean, A.J. Green, who knows how many years he has left. That's true, but I also think if he does well this year with a new quarterback, new system, new da da da, he might be a little more inclined to say "fuck you guys." I'm gonna go get some money. No, I was, I was saying the opposite. I think he might actually be a little more inclined to be like, "All right, let's see where this goes." Okay, sign a two-year deal, and then be like, "Hey, if I'm still producing in two years, that's when you gotta pay me." I like that a lot because I, I mean, Cause that's kind of how Deion Sanders did his. Oh, yeah. At one point, he was like, hey, look, we're getting shit together. Like, if I can produce for another year, because he got that one-year deal in the middle of his career, and then they came back and they paid him. Like, And he ended up being uh, the greatest return, or arguably one of the greatest return men of all time, obviously knocked out by Devin Hester. But Right, but I, my point was that at one year, that, that there's a season where they had him on a one-year contract. And I'm sure he had to have offers from everywhere. Because people had to see what that potential was. And he stuck around for a year like, hey, we're putting everything together. I'll sit here, but you know next year you're going to have to fucking pay. Yeah, because the the key with John Ross is you have to keep him healthy. Because John Ross has yet to play a full healthy season. Right. If he plays 
16 games healthy, I think him and Burrow could really find a rapport. I, that's what I'm saying. I think if, if he gets into that mechanism where those two are clicking and it works or whatever, he might just hang around like, this might be my best option for the numbers, for my chance at a Hall of Fame bid, for my chance at... Yeah. Like, because the uh, Bengals drafted... We'll get to we'll get to all the picks in a second. I've kind of I kind of did a little bit of research on all of them, but the Bengals drafted T Higgins in the second round. I like the pick. I saw that as an insurance pick in case AJ Green or John Ross wear different jerseys. Absolutely, which is which is like if say John Ross leaves, there's not going to be much of a drop off because you got T Higgins. Granted, he came from Clemson, so he. I think his stats were elevated a little bit because he was catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, and they were just playing a softer defensive schedule. But, yeah, there's a handful of guys. But I'm not mad at the pick either just because of what his his raw numbers are. Yeah. And I do think there is some sort of truth to uh, wide receiver, or, like, sis, or players coming from schools and positions and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, Clemson wide receivers. One of the best wide receivers of the last five years came from Clemson. Do you know who his name? Do you know who he is? For some reason, I had Calvin Johnson stuck in my head. That's not George, Calvin Johnson's Georgia Tech. Yeah, I know. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, de- God damn it. That's, that's who I was trying to think of. And I yeah. just, for some reason, got... He's a filthy receiver. And granted, do you think because apparently they posted like similar speeds at the combine? Will T. Higgins be DeAndre Hopkins? Who Probably knows? Not. Probably not. DeAndre is him and Michael Thomas are the two best wide receivers wide receivers in the last five years. I'd... Who else? AJ. AJ hasn't been healthy the last two years. I would still put his three years before that. Well, yeah, well, you would obviously include Julio Jones then. Right, that's fair. Yeah, I, I guess I am. I'm, I'm splitting hairs a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Michael Thomas and DeAndre are the ones. The thing with DeAndre, though, he is quarterback-proof. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you... I mean, he has played some games with DJ Yates. I always said his name on Reddit, and someone replied to that comment. He said, uh, we don't speak his name. The name that must not be spoken. We don't speak his name. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's we got T. Higgins in the first round. First round, um, it's this guy from LSU. Can you pronounce his name for me? Uh, Joe Jackass. Joe Jackass. Joe Exotic. Joseph Lee Burrow. Joe Burrow. Spoiler alert. I'm about to blow Joe Burrow. I'm stoked. <clears throat> I... You're not sold. No, I... So I do that thing I do where, like, when I last time I bought a car, it could have you would have thought I was sawing a murder in my apartment. <laughs> like it looked like uh, Charlie Kelly on "It's Always Sunny" when he was working in the mailroom. Okay, just like <clears throat> I'm willing to dig way deep into something if I have just a passing interest. So with quarterbacks, Joe Burrow has one year you can really work with that. There are a lot of people, um, like Kyler Murray. I would have picked him up in a second. 
Kyler Murray? Yeah. He was a one-year quarterback. Right, but it wasn't his stats that impressed me. It was his decision-making that impressed me. And that's what Burrow has. Burrow's stats are more impressive than his decision-making, in my opinion. Okay. Well, granted, he was playing with a stacked team. Right. That's what I'm... I think every, if I'm not mistaken, every player that was draft eligible for LSU got drafted. Like, his star wide receiver was drafted 22nd to the Vikings. His top running back got drafted 32nd to the Chiefs. Also considered one of the top three offensive lines in college football for that year. Yeah, that uh, there was one, uh, his uh, left tackle dropped, I believe, because of off-the-field issues. Right, actually, now he's going to go back and play a senior year. and then His left tackle? No, he got drafted. Okay, that's not what I'm thinking about. Uh, one of the guards, I guess, got into some trouble. Okay. Who was going to be in the draft, but ended up not. So he's going to go back and play a senior year now. But <clears throat> people were already, like, chomping at the bit for him. Uh, I'll look up this guy's name, but he, like, apparently got drafted. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Joe Burrow had such a good team around him, it's hard to... At least for me, it's hard for me to put my eggs in that basket quite yet. Okay. Whereas someone like Tua, I think... Sadiq Charles, that's his name. And that guy is very impressive. Yes. Across the board. I mean, 42-inch fucking vertical leap for a 300-something pound. Oh, yeah. There are some beefcakes in this draft. Uh, Yeah, that guy's unnatural. But, uh... Yeah, I, I always prefer to have more to work with than just that one. Because everything else from Joe was was all right. Like, are you talking like physical tools or just? I mean, his other the other games he played in, what everybody kind of had like the the general consensus on him. It wasn't until he had this crazy All Star season that everybody got so hyped on him. I think what it was was <clears throat> so he started out as Ohio State as, at Ohio State as a backup, right? And then he transferred to LSU, like became a starter, and was like a projected fifth or sixth round pick. Then all of a sudden, I think, and what what I think will help Joe Burrow in his NFL career is he worked his cock off, he worked his dick off, and just put up. Arguably, I mean, granted, I know it's one season; it's the greatest season. Of all time. Yeah, and I mean, you say arguably, but it's even hard to argue it. Yeah. This is coming from somebody who isn't quite sold on him yet. It's hard to argue that might... That's 60 not... touchdowns is filthy for a season. That's like six touchdowns. It's like five or six touchdowns a game. Yeah, he's... Again, uh, the upside is there. I get the pick. I understand it. I don't hate the pick. <clears throat> Just my the way my head works is you wanted the the safer like three first round picks. Yes, and and most of my life I'm wildly liberal and football picks I tend to. So you said you wanted Chase Young and two first round picks. Yep. How? <laughs> Miami basically offered it. How do you get the best player in the draft at number five? And two first-round picks. Chase Young was not going to dip below 
three. No, but they could have traded to Miami and then traded out for the number two pick, which were. But then all... you'd have to sit it. You have, you'd have to trade another first round pick. Right, which they could have done for two lower end first round picks. Which is what I was. Suggesting. So basically, you'd be left with like two first round picks. No, you'd have three first round picks, but two would be a little further down. Which you could have picked up that guard that was uh, from Georgia and the right tackle from. Michigan, yeah. Uh, the Cesar Ruiz? Maybe. Right. He was a center. Uh, the one guy, I knew that he played guard, center, and at yeah. one point he played defensive, or played a uh, tight that's, end. That's Cesar Ruiz, who I believe we'll get to in a little bit. I think what I like about Burrow, because the moment Joe Burrow was drafted, he tweeted, enough talk, time to get to work. You love that. Yeah, you can't not love that. That's what you want to hear, and I'm sure that his publicist was very happy when they handed him that tweet. Yes. <laughs> and, um... What was I going to say? Right. We're too far in that to be. Yes. So let me blow Joe Burrow for a little bit. What I believe... And, Lloyd, you can shout from the bathroom, if you'd like. What I believe Joe Burrow has is the qualities that you can't coach. The intangibles. Which, am I right, Lloyd? Thank you. Like, um, like two of the best quarterbacks of the last 15 years are Tom Brady and Drew Brees. They're n- they don't wow you with their physical tools. They're like, oh, I have the competitive edge. I have the desire to win. And they've won. Granted, Bra- I mean, Brady, to me, it's like his desire to win, and he does it. And Drew Brees is like, also, he works his dick off incredibly accurate passer has barely lost a step in 10 years. Would I be correct in saying that Lloyd? I would agree. Thank you. And you got to hope that Burrow can be that guy. Cause for right. I mean, no, I granted the pandemic isn't going to put any butts in seats, but also I don't think an offensive lineman. It, will it help? Yes. And you get that with Jonah Williams. But, like, an offensive lineman, a cornerback, and a, a, a decent quarterback will put butts in seats the way Joe Burrow will. Because the thought of Burrow as a bangle, like I've said in the past, it's rejuvenated the city of Cincinnati. Right. I guess maybe that's where I, uh, where it's easy for me to kind of discredit that part is I don't care if it puts butts in the seats. My head just wants to figure out chess game style how to how to put the best people on the field. So if not Burrow, then who? Tua. Well, how do you get Chase Young and Tua? Uh, uh. All right, this is my. Uh... <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into some crazy <laughs> shit right now, aren't we? I say you're the one who looks like uh, Sucralos right now with the hair sticking everywhere. Oh yeah, I've got some massive hair right now. But I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm beautiful. Um, Fuck off. All right, so I gonna trade Miami. And then swapped out with uh, uh, the third round pick. Uh, it's great when I can't remember the thing. I was, so you're I was asking for a lot of draft picks, but also number two and number five. How do you do that? It was doable, but we basically wouldn't have had a second or third round pick. 
That's real tough. Well, I'm just going by things that were reportedly, I put in quotation marks, offered. So when I was reading all that, I put it together in my head, like, okay, so if we got these from Miami, and then this is a team that wants, you know, the guy who goes fourth, uh, uh, Andrew Thomas. Who? Oh, Jeff Okuda? Yeah. Uh, He went third to the Lions. Okay, sorry. Was projected to go where? It was was all just based off of that. I did the weird math in my head. Okuda was drafted to the Lions because they had lost Darius Slay. And they just need to replace him immediately. The same reason Javon Kinlaw was drafted by the 49ers because they had just lost to Forrest Buckner. Right. I just, I was, uh, I was putting together my, like, uh, my wish list scenario. Yeah. Do I think that we would have gotten Chase and Tua? Probably not. No. But do I think we could have got Chase and then went after every high-end line than we could have gotten and waited till next year for a quarterback? Probably. This is, I mean, you got to give Zach Taylor his rebuild because you is 2-14 and 14 frustrated the fan base. And as much as it sucks to admit you needed something now. I get that. I'm just saying that that's not the way I think. Yes, because I know you think differently. So You're a very, like, safe and scientific and, like, analytical guy. To me, keeping Dalton for another year was the way to go. I mean, he had a year left on his contract. And cutting him saved, like, what, 17, 18 mil? Right, but reworking his deal where he had this plus the boost of... If they had told him, hey, we're going to put a monster line in front of you next year. And you get to sell your numbers on the open market after next year with AJ and Ross and Bob. And Boyd, assuming they're healthy. I think they could have made that deal work. I think this, I think it's, this is one of those times where you kind of have to play on emotions because the city of Cincinnati was borderline. And I hate to say this because I'm, I'm kind of in that same way too. We were, we were thankful but done with Dalton. Right, but also the city of Cincinnati calls Skyline Chili, so I really don't give a fuck what they have to say. <laughs> Skyline's delicious. Go fuck yourself. No, it's good meat soup. It's just not, it's not chili. <laughs> right? Fair. You can get beans in your chili. But the main Skyline isn't chili. I know. It's meat soup. It's, it's a Greek meat sauce, which is a great name for a porno, which you can hear on... Uh, drinking at the kids' table uh, with Billy DeVore. Shout out Billy DeVore, number one. Number one album. Listen to it a dozen times yeah. by now. But I think, here's what I'll say with Burrow. I think the big difference between like him and like a, uh, like a Justin Herbert is like anyone can be wowed by a quarterback that can, that can throw a ball 80 yards. Right. But is that, are those physical tools going to translate to hard work? No. Perfect but... example. I have two examples. Both had cannon arms, but were done in the, in the league. First one, obviously, Jamarcus Russell. He can throw a ball 62 yards from his knees. Like, I watched, there, like, there is a Jamarcus Russell highlight reel on YouTube featuring every touchdown he has ever thrown. He made some of those... Th- like, he made a 40-yard throw look easy. 
But getting him to watch film was a pain in the anus. Right, which to me that comes down to coaching. How? If you put Jamarcus Russell with Bill Belichick, he's watching that fucking film. Yes. Like, there were story, There were a couple stories that came out about him, like, post-playing days. Like, one that came out where the Raiders were not convinced that he was watching film, so they gave him a blank tape. And then the next day they were like, hey, Jamarcus, Jamarcus did you watch that film? And he was like, yeah, I watched it. He was like, good. But they realized that there was nothing on the tape. First of all, that's a brilliant plan. Absolutely. Uh, it's actually the old Warren Moon device. Really? Yeah, they did that to him multiple times. Because he was just like, my coaches are fucking weak. They don't make me do shit. Like, Warren Moon, after, like, being done, went back and was like, yeah, none of them ever fucking... Because made, I'm Warren fucking Moon. Made me participate the way they did in college. So if I'm getting paid, like, an A1 quarterback... Then who gives a shit? Yeah, like I, he's like, I was... You know, one of the times they called me and asked me about my thoughts on a, a tape that they had sent me. I was on a boat with fucking Ricky Williams and Bobby. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I didn't watch it. No one made me. No one cared. If I just bullshitted my way through it, everyone let me. But, and the other example is Ryan Leaf. Again, physical tools didn't work hard. But he also showed that, to, in my opinion. Like, yes. With Leaf, you could tell. Whereas, like, um, Castle, I feel like Castle could have been. He was a backup in college. Right, I'm just saying he could have been. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've seen him, there's a couple where he's 60-yard bombs and the fucking numbers. Yeah. But it's like if a quarterback has those physical tools, obviously they're going to be like, ah, oh, it's so majestic, that 70-yard throw. But does he work his ass off when you need to? Like, because Burrow apparently had been, like, getting in touch with the Bengals' playbook, like, prior to him being drafted. Like, he was, like, kind of getting... And when I read in The Athletic, I read a couple things in The Athletic, that him, Zach Taylor, and Brian Callahan were all on the same page with everything regarding offensive philosophy. And you can't help but love that. No, you. Uh, it's hopeful. Yes. I just want to see it work. Yes, and I do too. And also, what I read about him is that people at LSU were raving about him. And LSU, as many pro bowlers have come out of that school, they don't just say that about anybody. All right, but if you want to go with, like, testimonials from LSU, like the equipment manager there said Joe Burrow was a complete cock to him all the time. Did that actually happen? or I, I can only take what the guy said, but you know, he's a guy who you know, brings him his helmet, and he's like, Joe Burrow was just, he could have been more dismissive of me as a human being. Well, that sucks. <clears throat> well, that's, uh, and again, maybe that was just that guy's read on something, whatever. There's there's just little bits and pieces I don't like. That's just like... I hope I'm wrong. Me too. I just only saw one good year where it benefited him a lot to do Good really well. is a massive understatement. Okay, I saw one great year. Great is a massive understatement. Uh, it's not... 
then what does a, what is an amazing college season? Perfect record, 60 touchdowns, national championship. Uh, I, I'm going to say an amazing season isn't one season. I, I need you to work to an amazing season. Yeah. I guess. I, he just I, I ascended. I'm putting, I know I'm putting a lot on. But it's also when you have one of the top three lines and you have great skill players around you and then all of a sudden you actually put the work in and do it. I just want. If I'm wrong, I will happily eat my words. Like, <laughs> happily. I will make you eat... Th- I will give you a knife and a fork. Right, and I will do it with a smile. Yep. I, there's just something, especially in some of the interviews and stuff, where he's just got that kind of too cool vibe. You... You need that in a way as a quarterback. You need the confidence. You don't need the dismissiveness. That's what's you do, okay. Me about you him. don't want the cockiness. I'll take cocky. Ocho Cinco was cocky, but you know what? He did it. Yeah. Oh boy, I, that 05 season with Chad, I will never, I will never forget that 05 team. I'll never forget that whole season. You know what I mean, like, I was at the game where he proposed to the cheerleader. Right. I remember that moment. <clears throat> I'll take the cockiness if you're doing it. Okay. Yep. I, I will. I will allow that. I don't like dismissive. And uh, I've watched a couple interviews with Burrow. One where he's on like a you know, sports talk show. It's also a podcast thing. And you can almost be like, just be happy I'm here, guys. Kind of vibe to him. I see that. And I don't like that. Well, I don't know. There's, there's so, so much. We might be overthinking this. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's what I do. So I'm an overthinker. I absolutely hope I'm wrong, and I hope he makes me eat every negative thing I've considered, thought, said. I and hope every positive thing I've said about Joe Burrow comes to fruition. Because what, I, what I've read, escapability, inc- incredible touch, incredible accuracy, which, which is easy to have when you have an incredible O-line, great skill players. Yeah, but like I, the average four point two second fucking time to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the four point two time for what? For time of release, like oh yeah, because that's how Dalton was able to not die in Cincinnati because he had such a quick release. <clears throat> right, but quick release means you're able to do it that quick. Yeah, making it look good when you have all the time in the fucking world makes you Peyton Manning. Well, well, how Peyton Manning beat you was his brain. Right. Well, I'm saying he could process a defense like no other quarterback, borderline in history. Right, but also his first year he threw more interceptions. Yes. And Cincinnati does not treat its quarterbacks kindly. Like, the fan base does not. Right, so it's not going to be as forgiving of a scenario. So maybe that's why I'm being harder on him is that... Well, Peyton also got his shit together and is now a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Right, he also, you know, didn't have human growth hormone to kill a small fucking village, but... That's <laughs> why so you look at pictures of him from college, like, fucking pro career, his forehead is seven inches taller than it used to be. That's not normal. He's an 18 head. He's a... That joke was his number is 18. Yeah. Yeah. I'm funny. I feel like I stepped on it, but... I caught it as I was, <laughs> as I was starting to respond, so I felt... Yeah. That's okay. 
Anyway. We have fun here at Fuck You. We like the Bengals. We'll get to the jokes in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I hope I hope Burrow's the guy because uh, I know the Bengals' history with quarterbacks. We've had a few good ones. Palmer had some phenomenal years. At his peak, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think if he had had the right setup, he might have been one of the best we've ever seen. If he hadn't gotten his knee blown out, he could have been a Hall of Famer. For sure. And he could have had that Super Bowl. That would have been wonderful because that 05 team was filthy. Yeah. Uh, Dalton was good for many years. The four best quarterbacks in Bengals history. Ken Anderson, Boomer Esiason, Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton. The 90s was just a lot. <laughs> Lloyd was like, don't even fucking mention that to me. It was always real, real hard to... It was real hard, like... I mean, the best quarterback of the 90s for the Bengals... I mean, you had the the twilight of Boomer. But... Jeff Blake? Yeah, I think Boomer's overrated, too, by the way. Oh, yeah, because he, like, lived on as, like, a fucking... Uh, uh, collar commentator and guy for... the commentator, he probably wouldn't be as popular as he is now. Oh, guaranteed. How can you not be popular when your fucking name is Boomer? Is that his real name? I don't. It can't be, but... I'm gonna look that up right now. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's not. I fucking know. I'm gonna know when you find it. Norman Julius Boomer Esiason. You know, the fucked up part of those going through Cheers characters in my head, like, I feel like it's... Norman Julius Esiason. You learn something new every day. Where did he get... Oh, boy, that's that's going to be a question for another day. Where did he get the name Boomer? Anything to get the name away from Norm. He got the nickname... Bo- he got the Boomer nickname before he was born. His mother, Irene, reacting to his constant kicking in the womb, called him Boomer, and he has kept the name since. I'm sure whatever publicist came up with that loves it. <laughs> wow. So he would have been Kicker S. Eisen. Yeah, Here's say, your quarterback. His name is Kicker. I'm like, that was him in, like, his sophomore year of college. Like, I just put a boom on that girl. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. That's just how I picture it going down. Let's do it. All right. So, again, I'm going to get the last lap because, um, no, I can't, of course. But Burrow is what you hope for. Uh, You want to do the rest of the picks? Um, Like, the rest of the Bengals picks? Yeah. No, you're good. I was just trying to. No, you're good. Oh, that's that's a good call. Don't want to get the computer to freeze up but you want burrow to be the guy you want him to i mean is he going to be the is he going to throw 60 touchdowns a year for the Bengals? no could he could he put up a decent amount could he i mean you can't get much worse than two and 14 so like i just i hope the hype drives him the way that the draft drove him yes and you because like burrow to me is the different like i've said in the past Burrow is the difference between the Cincinnati Bengals and the St. Louis Bengals or the San Diego Bengals. Right. And I, again. Because he said he wants to be Mike Brown's quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, which. I want Mike Brown not to be. Yeah, a 99-year-old quarterback or a 99-year-old owner. Yeah, I I want him to be gone well before he gets a chance to be a 10-year quarterback. But Yes. 
Yeah. Because Mike Brown is 84, and if he's the quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, Burrow or uh, Mike Brown will be 99. Yeah, and I hope that he is uh, – how would you say he was? Uh, Mike Brown? Yeah. I want to say he's 84. I hope he dies at 84 and a half. <laughs> and like we've said, the day Mike Brown dies, that comment section on Facebook – On everything. <laughs> Mike Brown – and I googled Mike Brown, and I should have been more specific because it came up with a shooting of Michael Brown. <laughs> I'm like, whoops, not that guy. Ah, uh, wishful thinking. He is eight. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Mike Brown is 84. Yeah, so, so I, I hope it. he dies at 84 and a half. He is 84 and three fourths. All right, so uh, I hope he dies three months ago. Yeah. I feel like I'm still not wrong. I with Mike feel Brown. like Mike, if Mike Brown wins a Super Bowl in the next three years, do you think his legacy of fucking up and the lost decade, do you think that's erased? Uh, no. You don't think so? I don't think there's any redemption for him. As well as wow. Even if he fun. wins a Super Bowl. No, because no one would. The Bengals are acting so far outside of the norm now, like with free agency and whatever. They're going to be like, oh, finally someone in his family convinced him just to shut the fuck up and do something different. So, yeah, even now, I don't think. Yeah. Was it his daughter? Yeah. Uh, what, Katie? Some shit. Katie sounds right. I think it's Katie Blackburn. That sounds very right. I know I've met her, whatever her name is. That sounds very right. But, anyway. Uh, the rest of the picks... Um, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither in the third and fourth. We already addressed T. Higgins. So Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither, a, a guy which we predicted uh, in the third and fourth round, both linebackers. You need that. Yeah, it was a, our most decimated spot. By far. And now, like, you got to hope that at least one of them becomes a long-time starter because Logan Wilson, apparently he's an older guy, um came from a smaller school so do you, do you do you know if it'll pan out i don't know not a lot of miles on though he's not had real any even like the normal college injuries he hasn't had any yeah real injuries so and that far. was a knock on akeem davis gather was he had injuries right so I'm just, logan doesn't have any of that like, yeah they're like this guy's unscathed thus far love that he also did like 400 which for the Bengals could mean he's a ticking time bomb maybe but he also had like you know a lot of track experience and stuff under his belt. Okay. Never got, never got injured doing that, which is pretty common, like especially like 400 meters, hurdles, guys. Yep. And he didn't have any of those. So I think that's probably where Chip Morton went. All right, we'll 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 take this. We'll roll the dice on this one. Yep. And um, Akeem Davis-Gaither, fourth-round pick. What I read about him, he's got all the athletic tools to make a great linebacker, but the injury concerns are there. So he just had uh, the last surgery he had where they fixed his knee. <clears throat> they did the Achilles graft, the, the cadaver Achilles graft, which actually makes that tendon stronger. Oh, fuck yeah. Because they take a piece of the Achilles ligament out of a cadaver and replace one of the ligaments in your knee with it. So they take a much bigger strip than what the ligament normally is. Okay. <clears throat> so... It sounds weird, but he handled that injury in the smartest possible way. Yeah. Was he made it stronger? Right. A dead human growth hormone. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was a cadaver ligament, but... 
Like, again, coming from combat sports, there's kickboxers. That's a pretty common thing for them. Yeah. And that's really where that became a, a popular way for athletes to, to deal with that surgery is. Mm-hmm. You know, like Shut Pete, up! We're doing a podcast! Uh, like, there's a guy named Peter Ertz, who is one of the best kickboxers to ever live. Okay. He had the same thing, and he was like, dude, I've never felt this good. Never felt this stable in my leg, ever. And then he went on at, like, 38 to win the K1 Grand Prix champion. you love it. Um, and then the fifth round pick, this to me was the most underwhelming pick of the draft. His name was, uh, Khaled Kareem, defensive end from Notre Dame. I saw that and my, I didn't even react. I was like, all right. What's well, his ability? It's his ability to play different spots. Cause he okay. played safety at one point. Okay. It's a guy who played defensive end and safety. That's like. Oh, he's going to be like a fast defensive end. He also might be your cover linebacker for the way that the Bengals play. You know, AFC North has a <clears throat> has a very specific style of defense you kind of have to work into. And having those guys who can drop back and be cover linebackers from the defensive end spot if they switch between defensive styles is invaluable. Okay. Yeah, oh, of course. Well, I think uh, there are some players like Isaiah Simmons, for example, like, the Cardinals drafted him, but they were like, hey, you're going to focus on one position. And I think that's that's smart to do um, when you're in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. It's essential to do when you're in the NFL. Yeah, just master right. one position. But having someone you know has the physical traits and abilities to play the other position at a high level in college, that's got to be pretty comforting. It is. Like, let's just say... So you can basically pick whichever position you want. Like, because the Bengals, like, Jesse Bates is their main safety. But... Or let's just say our linebacking core, even though we picked up whatever gets decimated. We picked up so many fucking linebackers. Now you have a DN who can easily play linebacker, potentially play safety. So I get that pick. I get what that yeah. was. I, I, was, I wasn't I was blown away by it, especially since it was a fifth-round pick. And first of all, I was, I'm, I've meant to say this. I watched. I listen to more Colin Coward than I should. <laughs> it's like I hate you so much. He br- he did bring up an excellent point about the dr- about about evaluating the draft. It's hard to evaluate rounds four through seven because you yes. don't know. Like how often? Like what percentage of fourth through seventh round picks pan out into starters? And again, I think that's where... <clears throat> to me, it's less than 10%. I bet you, that, like, numbers-wise, it's probably more than you'd think. <clears throat> yeah. Probably not, like, a great percentage. But this is where I go, Chip Morton's been really fucking good. Bengals player personnel guy, he's been really good. Okay. <clears throat> so this is one of those ones where I'm not going to dig deep enough to... To, like, be like, oh, is this guy, is this... Is Khaled Kareem fifth round pick out of Notre Dame going to be the guy? Is he? Who knows? But I know that Chip Morton did do that. Okay, I'll so give him. I, that. I, I I think I have a lot of trust in how he manages things, up to and including the point that Bill Belichick said that Chip Morton might might be the most valuable piece the Bengals have as a organization. I thought that was Duke Tobin. Duke Tobin, Chip Morton. 
Which more is the strength and conditioning. The yeah. Patriots, like, like, Bill Belichick, like, raves about the Bengals constantly. Right, and it's the staff they've managed to keep. And he's he's one of the people that kind of pointed out that same thing, where how can you expect them to do anything with a coaching staff that changes every year, but they keep a handful of guys, you know, Duke Tobin, Chip Morton. That was kind of a, a catch-22 for the Bengals, because a lot of the Bengals were like, why do you keep that coaching staff? That like gave you like twenty seventh in defense or like twenty sixth in offense, but at the same time, you got to keep a consistent coaching staff. It's like well, you got to pick one. Also, right, you can have all the people ma- telling you to pick the best people, but if your coordinators aren't playing it to their strengths, then or if they're playing for a bid for a job at a, high, at a different organization. Which has worked well for most of the Bengals' coordinators in the past, what, decade? Uh, Mike Zimmer. Uh, Zimmer. Uh, Gruden. Jackson. Well, Gruden just got fired. He, and he was okay, that, and he is... the fact that he played to get a different job. Yes, he did. And now he is uh, the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. Which is why I thought the Jaguars were going to sign Andy Dalton. I don't know that Andy would have went there. Really? That's my guess. I think because I think what what stopped Dalton from getting a huge contract was he realized, oh, a lot of the quarter, a lot of quarterbacks have jobs now, so I can wait until next year and get a like and get a because the Bengals like held on to me for too long, so I can wait and get a filthy contract. I think that's what he's hoping for, but I think also just the opportunity to play in Texas and that. that, that yeah. It's like it's like I'm coming home for a year. Yeah. All right. So because we we're almost at two hours now, and you guys are, if you've stuck with us through all the shit we've talked about, thank you so much. Yeah. If you listen to all this, you're a fucking champion. Yeah. We'll get to the ad reads uh, in just a little bit, but the last two picks, we'll just evaluate them for shirts and googles. Um, Hakeem Adonishi, I believe, is his name. He's a tackle from Kansas. What I've heard about him. He's a smart football guy. He can play. He he's a tackle, but he can also play guard and center, which is what you hope for. Yeah, I think some of those are more the who's coachable. Yes, at that late of a pick. Yes, and seventh round, Marcus Bailey, linebacker out of Purdue. What I heard about him was he chose to go back to Purdue because, for God knows, God knows why. But if he had entered the draft last year, he could have been a second or third round pick. Yeah, he, he had a much higher potential before going back for a senior year. Yeah, and he was it like a couple ACL tears or something like that. Uh, I think what happened was at the end of that his junior year, I think he got injured and he knew that it was going to be a problem. Yeah, so he so just I, didn't, didn't. I think go to the draft then when he was on a, the highest part of his career. And then the team just kind of tanked on him the next year, so he just didn't yeah. have the same flavor. Yes. Um, so and I have no problem with that as a pick, especially that uh, late. Seventh round, take a risk. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? If he pans out, fucking great. 2001, you remember who the Bengals drafted seventh round? TJ Hoshmazod. Yes, oh, yeah. lock it up. Wait, no. No, TJ Hoshmadilla. Hoshmanzad. TJ... TJ, who's your mama? Who's Manzada? Or as uh, ESPN NFL 2K5 called him, uh, TJ Hushmanzada. <laughs> I 
I, I, I used to love that fucking TJ. I used to have that TJ Who's Your Mama commercial on my MySpace profile. <laughs> of course you did. I was such a goober. Nah, you're a, you're a sweetheart. Ah, I'm a simp. Wow, what a callback. Rude. <laughs> Rude it's about my, me? It's my co-host you're talking about, motherfucker. Yeah, that's my teammate. <laughs> that's my simpa back. <laughs> that was really fucking stupid. Yeah. That's my simply a sweetheart. Aww. But yeah, <clears throat> we're, we're big old simps here. Uh, and you know who makes us, uh, you know who makes uh, talking about simps possible on air? Um, I'd like to take a, t- a, t- a second to shout them out. Uh, the network that helps distribute our show, they pay for everything. And because I've had to pay for subscription fees in the past, and it's not fun. Like, I got paid for being a podcaster today, and it, for the first time ever. Woo. It was awesome. Granted, it was 40 bucks, but it was 40, 40 bucks I didn't have yesterday. Um, Armchair Media. Great people. They're, they're phenomenal people. Andrew Stevens, fucking, I talked to him pretty drunk on Friday. And <laughs> he was like, hey, guy. I'm like, hey, I'm drunk. I'm sorry. I was hammered on Friday. You know what? They've, they've put up with all of our weird divergences and Do you even think they listen? I hope. I think they, they could. Who might, knows? But you know what? They keep giving us... They keep giving us ad reads and they keep they keep, they keep giving really us love, so... Yeah, Andrew texted me today. He's like, what's your, what's your PayPal? And I'm like, all right. I didn't, I didn't expect this, but I'll take some money. And I was glad to, because they're the shit, and they're really helping us out. Because if you don't know, Armchair is a collection of 50-plus podcasts, including ours, trying to localize the sports world a little bit more, because we've been with, because uh, Fuck You Like the Bengals has been a podcast since 2015, and it's been with the Armchair Media Network since last year. Uh, and we've enjoyed growing our audience with theirs. Uh, starting June 1st, starting June 1st, which is, what, two weeks from now? Yeah, two weeks from 17th when we're recording. Uh, starting June 1st, Bet Online will serve as a title sponsor for Armchair as well as our show. Uh, this will open up the possibility to develop merchandise lines as well as potentially host live events once we return to a semblance of normalcy. Which one do you holla, think? Holla normalcy. Um, I don't know, like I said, I'm sitting back and waiting to see how many of you motherfuckers die first. And <laughs> then uh, I'll dive in after that. Yep. Oh boy. Let's see. <sighs> And that being said, if he said we're doing a live event uh, tomorrow, I would be there. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. In addition to Bet Online coming aboard, Armchair will now serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club, hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart. The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. Uh, to see more, search Armchair Media where, wherever you get your pods. Also, check us out on Armchair's website, armchairmedianetwork.com, and their social channels at Armchair Media. Armchair Media. The, uh, the social channels at Armchair Media. Armchair Media. Those who can do. Those who can't. Hashtag take a seat. <laughs> that was fun. We I are... Like it, but also, they've, they've been there for <clears throat> us. They've been there for the new Nasty Boys. They've been there... For so, for so many podcasts. I'm going to have to... I need to listen to... More of the podcast on the network because yeah, just just people that are, are doing something they enjoy doing, and these guys are trying to help make it easier for everybody. Yeah, and just check them out. Like it can't hurt to take five minutes out of your day. Because what? Oh, five minutes out of your 
are there five minute podcasts out there? No, I was like, if I'm inside your day, to look and see what's out there. Maybe you'll see something that I, on one of the the podcasts they sp- support that catches your attention. Yeah, it could be something you really love and gives you hours and hours of entertainment. Yeah, just for forever to come. And these guys aren't doing it to you know they're not like oh these podcasts are gonna make us filthy red. They just want to support everybody for doing the things they like to do. Yeah, like they support us talking about the bangies. I'm glad I'm glad you're a part of this, Lloyd. It's fucking fun because like me and you like if it wasn't for this we wouldn't be in touch no this has been so much fun for me especially just like me picking your brain yeah like i was a fan back when alex he has like i am literally touching a poster that has alex and sam alex stone and sam evans picture on it and i knocked over a capsule and caught it midair so i'm very impressive thank you yeah, it's, you know, thank you for the burns, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I've liked it since it started. To get to be a part of it's great for me. I enjoy it. I love being a part of it. The fact I, that me and Alex have been able to become friends, more yeah. or less, through doing this. Because yeah. I, I didn't start off this season as a part of the show. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were the, you were the like, the guy who, like, hosted us. Right, but it, over, over time, time it's it, just like, it worked out so well. And yeah. this has been so much fun for me. I get to do a thing I enjoy, been off steam. Yeah, Go and on talk weird about fucking tangents with Alex. And <laughs> like we're, I consider Alex a good friend. Like, I consider Lloyd a good friend, and I can't wait to make this grow bigger. And I hope to not get tired of writing burns, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> it gets tiring. It's hard because there's so many where you go looks like, and then you run out of people. You're like, I've said this guy looks. I've said like five different people look like T Pain. Like, I, I really get where the, looks like a bird came from. And I remember that episode. Where. They're just it, like, we're done. Like, once an episode, Alex had someone who looked like a bird of some sort. And yeah. Try sometimes. Sit down and roast a whole team full of people. And, uh. Yeah. And you go, this guy looks like. It, like, th- like, this podcast, like, allows me to write topical jokes. Yeah. And that's how I do it. And they're fun to write. Because, like, you have this out of there. All you gotta do is write the punchline. Yeah, it's, 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 and for me who, like, I don't get on stage and do this normally, it's fun to get to flex that skill. Yeah, because you get to know us, you get to know our, our jokes and our dipshit minds, and now you get to laugh at jokes that we think are funny. Yeah. Like, uh, you have, do you have a Joe Burrow joke? Let's get let's get to these burns. Let's get to these first round draft picks. I did not write about Joe Burrow. I had to just on principle. On principle, what do you have about Joe Burrow? I said Joe Burrow looks like the reason skinny jean khakis exist. <laughs> He'll probably be a good quarterback until he gets put in jail for beating up a dry cleaner for having the pleats in the wrong place. <laughs> oh man, this is fun. The first Bengal that's been roasted in a while. Yeah, I, I just that was. You just wanted to do that for... I do, I do. Yep. Let's get to the rest of these players, shall we? Starting with the second overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins selected Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. Uh, What do you have? I said, his hair says Predator like he's hunting Schwarzenegger through the jungle, but his face says Predator like he watches Kindergarten Cop too much. (laughs) Uh, like you said, Chase Young's uh, nickname is Predator, which explains why the rival Giants drafted offensive tackle Chris Hansen. 
That is so much better of a joke than... <laughs> oh, that was, that was fantastic. Log on, bitch. We had, we had it going, and then we just forgot. Yeah. Uh-oh. There we go. I got this. Had a few technical difficulties. That's okay. Uh, third overall, with the third overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jeff Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State. Here, here, here this goes. Um, Lions cornerback Jeff Okuda wrote a letter to his mom in the Players' Tribune. His mom had passed away and tweeted it out with the tag, Since You've Been Gone. Has he ever heard that song before? Dear Mom, since you've been gone, I can breathe for the first time. Since you've been gone. I'm so moving on. Sincere, sincerely, get fucked. I know you have that album. I, that's the album I had. And break all Is that the Kelly Clark? I'm yeah. Who sings it, so. I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. That's absolutely Kelly Clarkson. Uh, for Jeff Okuda, I said, I can't tell if this is just Jay Farrow taking an impression way too far, <laughs> or if this is Roger the Alien from American Dad just in one of his really elaborate disguises. But either way, this is not a real person. <laughs> his pecan sandies. <laughs> oh boy, that was fun. Uh, With the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Andrew, Andrew Thomas. I had his picture. Did you go too far? I did. I double-clicked it. Uh, click back, bitch. Ow. Click back, nice person. I don't know how to do that. Arrow. Uh, boom, boom. There you go. Sorry. Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Uh, Giants offensive tackle Andrew Thomas skipped the Sugar Bowl to prepare for the 2020 draft, which was weird considering he looks like that's the first time he's ever turned down sugar. <laughs> Uh, this guy has serious dumb face. Like, he looked like he picked a jersey number 71 because those are the only numbers he can remember. But even the reason he remembers them are wrong, it's like, I have seven fingers and one thumb. And all the coaches is like, hey, look, we ju- we need him this year. Just pass it. We, just just, just, just go, it go with it. We need Jake Fromm to have protection, so let's go. With the fifth pick. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback Alabama. Spoiler alert, I booed myself when I wrote this joke. Uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa has an, extensive hi- has an extensive injury history. Matter of fact, of the two former Alabama quarterbacks drafted this year, he should have been the one with the last name Hurts. <laughs> No, like I, I said, I booed myself. I'm not mad at it. That was, that was actually pretty good. I, I liked it. Um, I said, Tua will be a great player. Um, I feel like they'll spend more time in camp trying to teach him how to have normal adult facial responses to things. <laughs> because if you look at every picture of him, he looks like a giant toddler reacting poorly to something that happened. <laughs> he also look like, looks like local comedian Alex Taylor. And also kind of like Anthony Pettis, who's a UFC fighter. And Chris Brown, because a lot of people look like Chris Brown. I wrote a few on this guy. Um, I'm going to stop doing the uh, the with the whatever pick. Sixth overall pick, uh, the Chargers got Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Uh, 
Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert looks like his most impressive combine performance was during the game of Flip Cup at the combine after party. Uh, I wrote a couple things. I, I said we'll that. alternate. He looks like he has a picture of Brad Pitt on his wall. <laughs> uh, every picture of Justin Herbert looks like he's posing for a DUI mugshot. You're absolutely correct, and that's why if you check his Wikipedia page out, it's only a picture of him from behind. It, exactly, <laughs> it really is. tells you exactly how weird looking this fucking guy is. <laughs> I really like this joke that I wrote. I wrote it about three hours ago. Uh, where is it? There it is. Justin Herbert looks like the human personification of the phrase, do you know who my dad is? <laughs> you are I wa- not wrong, sir. I wanted to put, th- I think I might want to put that on the Instagram. That's, that's not bad. Uh, seventh overall, the Panthers got Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Oh, you might not get this reference. He looks like if Sean Kingston wrote the song, Me Love, about a giant plate of nachos. <laughs> Do you even know who Sean Kingston is? I do, unfortunately. Yeah, it's in my head You're somewhere. way too beautiful, girl. I said, uh, Derek Brown was born in Buford, Georgia. Ironically enough, he looks like if uh, Bu- Benjamin Buford Blue, Bubba from Forrest Gump, <laughs> only ate big Bufords. He, he is, yep, Derek Brown is a big Buford. Uh, eighth overall pick, um, Isaiah Simmons. Uh, he's a linebacker from Clemson. He looks like if Odell Beckham was a born-again Christian. He looks like if Dwight Simmons made love to a capybara. <laughs> Dwight Simmons is a, a comedian from Indianapolis who is awesome, and he's, he's very great. funny. He's one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, too. Big I, craft I, beer guy. I almost felt bad saying that. Don't feel bad. This is a roast podcast. Uh, C.J. Henderson, the ninth overall pick, defensive back out of Florida. What is that beard? That's uh, not a chin strap. That's a chin trap. That's what most people have as pubes. <laughs> like he has the same haircut as a singer of Static X and the same sad eyes of the fans of Static X. <laughs> this, poor, this, this poor kid grew up in Miami, Florida, and then got drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, and he went to college at, in Tallahassee. Right. It's just all... F- the, or Gainesville, my bad. He just slowly moved down the Florida ladder. He's like if Crab Man from uh, uh, the Earl show. My name is Earl. My name is Earl. It's like if Crab Man from my name was, was uh, Emo Girl. <laughs> uh, da, 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 boom, boom. Uh, tenth, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, tenth overall, the Browns got Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama. He looks like before every game, he kisses his lucky pair of bongos. <laughs> Um, I, I, was, I said, uh, Jedrick Wills, a.k.a. Terrifying Spice. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Scary Spice, just way scarier. He looks like way scarier Spice. 11th overall, this is a tank of a person. Six foot seven. He's like, 300. what, 365? Yeah, 300, uh, what, cutting combine with 357? It's nuts. Mackay Becton, offensive tackle from Louisville. Uh, he is such a big jet. His jersey number is seven forty-seven. <laughs> Boom! That's good joke. Kai Becton. Um, imagine I said something really mean that I'm not going to say in case he ever hears it and comes to kill me. <laughs> God, he is a giant human, and he's scary looking. Oh boy, he looks like he can kill me. 
Oh boy, this Travis Scott looking motherfucker. Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver out of Alabama, who is now a Raider. Because every, any t- I feel like the, what the Raiders do is they only show up for the 40 yard dash. It's like, all right, that's that guy. That's that guy. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs claims he can beat Tyreek Hill in a foot race. Tyreek can beat anybody in the foot race as long as there's a misbehaving child at the finish line. <laughs> That's solid. That's very good. Uh, and uh, if Tyreek won, it would mark the first time that Tyreek has ever beaten a person that wasn't his own son. <laughs> Henry, uh, so I wrote this one as an homage to, to Billy DeVore. Okay. Because his album's out this week and go listen to it, Drinking at the Kids' Table. Drinking at the Kids' Table. Hilly Which, by the way, number one on iTunes... He beat out uh, Gary Goldman. That's amazing. Amazing. So I said, Henry Ruggs? More like Henry Bugs. Looks like one of the grasshoppers from A Bug's Life. <laughs> Hot <hair. laughs> If I could throw Hoagie in there somewhere, I would have. Hoagies! My, uh, my levels on, on the audacity just went fucking apeshit. Uh, so I'm sorry. I had to hear that. Uh, 13th overall, the Buccaneers traded up one spot to get this guy, Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle from Alabama. He looks like post-quarantine Chris Brown. <laughs> I said, uh, so so many pictures of him giving just pure stink face. <laughs> I said, uh, he looks like the girl you're hitting on at the bar, her shitty friend who goes, we came together, we're all leaving together, 12 seconds after you start talking to her friend. <laughs> I remember so side. I remember one night I was at um, I was at a bar in Oxford, and um, me and my buddy Nolan we each had a girl dancing on us. We were both fucked up and shit. But I went over to like try and talk to her. Her friend was like, "Nope." I'm like, "All right, see you later." And turned around immediately. There's always that friend there. Yep. Uh, what's the term? Mother hen. Yeah. The mother hen. 14th overall, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina to the 49ers. This is, actually, this is all right. Uh, 49ers tackle Javon Kinlaw plans to build homeless shelters in San Francisco. It will be especially popular among citizens of San Francisco who bet on 49ers wide receivers in fantasy football. <laughs> all I had for him was uh, Javon Kinlaw looks like Wesley Snipes post-prison. Wanted to. I was trying to figure out who he looked like. He looks a lot like Wesley. Snipes. He looks a ton like Wesley Snipes. Fifteenth uh, overall, Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama to the Broncos. He looks like Todd Gurlier. <laughs> uh, also, it was uh, Jerry Judy. Looks like he's been on Judge Judy. <laughs> I tried to think of a joke about how Jerry and Judy are the two oldest old people names. But I couldn't. Oh, God. Holy God damn. Uh, 16th overall, cornerback A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson to the Falcons. He looks like he writes his SoundCloud profile name next to all of his autographs. He looks like he cries at every Soldier Coming Home video. <laughs> I like that guy, man. He's a hero. Um... Uh... 17th overall, uh, CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he seems to love jewelry. He got a number 32 necklace prior to the draft and a couple earrings in his right ear. 
This is ironic considering he was drafted by a team that will never get him a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought he was great in the, the uh, Ghostbusters remake. <laughs> I tried to think of a joke of how he looks like an even gayer Michael Sam. <laughs> it's fair. It is fair. Uh, Austin, oh, this is my risky joke. This is one of my risky jokes of the week. Um, of the month, uh, Dolphins offensive tackle, uh, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC to the Dolphins. He has a sister, he has a sister, Autumn, who has a rare form of anemia. It means that she didn't reach, uh, 20 pounds until she was four. She was so weak and her health was so poor that she would only qualify as a backup running back for the Dolphins. (laughs) Uh, I said Austin Jackson looks like uh, Carl's Win- Carl, Winslow- Carl Winslow's son from his second marriage that he actually approves of. <laughs> I used to love Family Matters. He, he looks kind of like Carl's Win- Carl Winslow. He does. Uh, 19th overall, uh, Damon Arnett, cornerback out of Ohio State to the Oakland Raiders, or the, La- the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas. Did I say the Oakland Raiders I think he said for Henry Ruggs? I think he might have said Las Vegas. I don't think I said Las Vegas Raiders. Well, now I'm saying Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, so Raiders cornerback Damon Art. I had to correct myself when I said Raiders because I'm like, oh boy. But Raiders cornerback Damon Arnett had a poor game last year, so he put red highlights in his hair to help him have good games again. I called that hairstyle Red Dread Redemption. <laughs> and I called that joke, it's almost 1 a.m. and I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I really wrote that joke. I'm like, all right, it's 1 a.m. I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Uh, Damon Arnett, they aren't wrong. Each one of the Arnett siblings does get more and more fucked up as they go. <laughs> uh, 20th overall, uh, Kalevon Chasen. I looked up that pronunciation. That's correct. Kalevon Chasen, linebacker out of LSU, to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. He looks like the love child of Keenan and Kel. <laughs> I see he's... Kalevion Chasen. Kalevon? Kalevon Chasen. The uh, world record for the biggest teeth. <laughs> Nine out of ten dentists recommend the Kalevon. Um, oh boy, this is a this is a guy. Eagles, oh. Uh, new Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rieger out of TCU. Or as Lou Holtz says, TCU. <laughs> it's the day it's the Tosh joke I never forgot. A Lou Holtz sounds like he's getting used to his retainer every time he says TCU. <laughs> uh, Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rieger has eyes that are about as far apart as the two parts of Carson Wentz's ACL. Uh, for my, it was uh, Jalen, uh, it's good to see that the cast of the wire still has something to do now. <laughs> uh, speaking of wide receivers... Uh, the new Stefan Diggs Vikings, they drafted Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. Um, Viking, this is a very formulaic joke and I apologize. Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson donated money to his church that was given to him illegally by Odell Beckham Jr. after the national championship win. Uh, OBJ and churches are very different, of course. One is known for making extremely poor decisions with the money they earn, and the other one's OBJ. (laughs) Formulaic. So Justin Jefferson, uh, what a pretty, pretty little lesbian girl. She's so, Aww. she's so cute. <laughs> uh, and uh, 23rd overall, uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, linebacker out of Oklahoma, uh, to the Chargers, another risky joke. 
Chargers linebacker Kenneth Murray has three siblings with special needs that he helps his parents take care of. Lloyd's got like the all right, finish the joke. Um, like I said, Chargers linebacker Kenneth Murray has three siblings with special needs that he helps his parents take care of. And when Murray's NFL career is over, his parents will have four children with special needs. <laughs> if you look at every picture of this guy, he looks like he is telling you how much of your lunch money you have to give him every day. <laughs> He's a bully. Uh, 24th overall to the Saints. Uh, center Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. He looks like the seldom used angel on Indomitian Sue's left shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bite that man. Don't bite that man, man. He's a good guy. I said he, he, uh, he looks like he left DJ Khaled in the tanning bed too long. <laughs> DJ Cesar! Um, this is a, this is just a throwaway joke. Uh, uh, wide receiver for the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk, I believe. Wide receiver out of Arizona State. Brandon Ayuk, more like Brandon Lazy Ayuk. <laughs> uh, to me, it was Brandon Ayuk looks like a real estate agent for a trailer park. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right, so let's see. Like, So the Packers are up next. Do they draft a, a – like, a, like who was the wide receiver or the offensive tackle? The holy shit, they drafted Jordan Love. <laughs> Why? Nobody knows. No. Um, he, we can talk about it if you want. No. We don't. Have, we don't have he's, to. Uh, Jordan Love's questionable at everything. Like he's questionable <laughs> as a quarterback. He's questionable at health risk. He's questionable about whether you're not to leave him around your children. <laughs> he's questionable about whether or not his eyes can focus in the same direction at the same time. <laughs> He's questioned about whether or not he's a human or part giraffe, because that's one of the <laughs> longest faces I've ever seen on a human being. It really is. The top of his head and the bottom of his chin are as far apart as most people's forearms. <laughs> uh, I actually tweeted out this joke, and it's so dumb. But Packers quarterback Jordan Love, um, that name sounds like a name Aaron Rodgers' brother gave himself on The Bachelorette. It's like, you know, my real name is Jordan Rogers, but in the bedroom, they call me Jordan Love. Jordan Love. That was so dumb, and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to tell that on Fuck You, We Like the Bengals. Uh, Speaking of Jordan, uh, 27th overall, Jordan Brooks, linebacker out of Texas Tech to the Seahawks. He looks like garbage pale Jason Derulo. (laughs) I was going to say, just like the name Jordan. It's getting a little played out, and they really reach for this. <laughs> uh, and they spelled it with a Y. That's never a good sign. Never! Uh, 28th overall, Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens defenders have a legendary reputation, and as a linebacker, he has a huge pair of shoes to fill and a pair of murders to be acquitted of. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, mine was if Stefan Urkel took the steroids and played football. <laughs> a lot of Family Matters references. I, you you were a, you were a TGIF kid, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't have cable growing up in Alabama, but that. I mean, I, I saw the reruns on like Nick at Night and ABC Family. So yeah, I never had any of those, but uh, there were one of the channels we got had Family Matters. So there's only a handful of shows I have from that time period. That, yeah. 
I man, I used to love Family Matters. But also, he does look a lot like Jaleel White. Oh, he does. Did I do that? Every time he sacked a quarterback. Did I do that? <clears throat> but he's gigantic, so I won't yes. step on Urkel. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, 29th overall, Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson, I just got a text. Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, he was in a, oh, this is another risky joke. Uh, did you write a joke about him? Yeah. Uh, you first. To me, this guy's face is so scary. It's like if Ving, if Ving Rames found out you banged his 16-year-old daughter. <laughs> this, his normal resting face is what Ving Rames' face would be in that situation. <laughs> Um, this is a risky joke. Uh, Titans offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson, who went to Georgia, was in a viral clip. Was in a viral clip where, as he was drafted, his girlfriend was hugging him, um, and his mom pulled her off of him. And as a white girl from Georgia dating a black guy, her father promptly p- pulled that girl off of his will. <laughs> if you've seen the video clip, that's. Have you seen the clip? Yes. Yes. It was just like, I'm so proud of you. Get your bitch yeah, ass off mom, my son. The mom's face is pure disrespect. <laughs> like, if you, if, you, if you boiled down, like, I'm not okay with this, but I'm pretending to be okay with this, to a visual representation, that's it. That's... Yes. It was weird. But, yeah, he is a incredibly scary-looking human being. He's an offensive tackle. Who... He uh, physically can back up whatever you might be scared of him being able to do to you. Yep. Exactly. And I am going to pronounce his name correctly because I uh, heard Roger Goodell say it, and I'm convinced that it is right. Uh, Dolphins cornerback from Auburn, Noah Igbenogany. Uh Noah Igbenogany looks like if Mohamed Sanu needed to snip his hair. <laughs> It's it began to me why he has that haircut as an adult human being. <laughs> He's got that little fucking strip. Yeah, the the little cut in part thing. Just, what is that? Uh, it's something that was cool five seven years ago. Yeah, like I used to see like people with um, Odell Beckham's like it's like the the blonde highlights when you have your like your it was the OBJ haircut when he had his blonde hair. Right. Which, if he had that, it would be less upsetting. But it was yeah. only that I looked up how to say his last name. Yeah. To compare it to it's beyond me why he still has yeah. the hard part. Kind he's of a, yeah, he's, he's Nigerian, so that's where Igbenogany came from. Yeah, so it's Igbenogany why he still has it. Uh, Vikings offensive tackle Jeff Gladney. Can we, speaking of hair, can we talk about this? <laughs> what is that hair? He looks like he tried... Because he, he was drafted by the Vikings. He's a cornerback out of TCU. He looks like he tried and failed to grow Viking horns. Um, I was actually going to say, uh, that was his last gasp at holding on to his African-American heritage. Because now that he's going to be a Viking, he just becomes a white person. <laughs> uh, and uh, finally, 32nd overall to the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back out of LSU, uh, he can reportedly squat 600 pounds. It's the approximate weight of all the sheets of paper that lists off every shitty thing Tyreek Hill has ever said to his girlfriend. (laughs) 
Uh, I was like, oh, it's nice to see that uh, Ron Funches has something to do now that he's lost all the weight in his life. Ron Funches, man. God damn it, Ron Funches is so funny. He is, and this guy looks a lot like skinny Ron Funches, so that's... If he was more bug-eyed, then definitely. Because Ron Funches is a, is a very bug-eyed dude. So this is the least bug-eyed picture I saw of him that we have here. Oh, my God. Which I, why can... I feel like I lost confidence in the joke. As I was no, it landed. I definitely... Oh, oh. the more I look at Clyde Edwards-Hiller, the more I see Ron Funches. That, but there's a bunch of pictures where it's like eyebrow, <laughs> eyebrows in between like the hairline. The and... line that sticks out for Ron Funches, he's like, I'm not a tough person. <laughs> I feel like he has the same giggle as Ron Funches. Oh, that'd be so great. So we are officially at the two... And we're done. Uh, We have officially eclipsed the two-hour, 30-minute mark. Damn! Yeah! We've we've had some long talks. And again, I appreciate these talks. And if anyone's still listening, fucking good on you. Yep. No, there was that one... We had that one listener that's just like... God, I don't want to hear what they have to say about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we have someone who hung in there all the way through this. Yes, absolutely. Through talks of like, I don't even want to bring up some of the things we talked yeah, about. We, we went so out of the out of the norm. On it. It's just like you get to know us as people, and we thank you. And we and if you see us in public, you're like, hey, everything was great except for that one thing. Yeah, I think we both need hugs. So if, like, if you see us in, in public, and, and you know, hug us. Yeah, we, we clearly need it. It's like, time. America's, we're on a dry spell, right? We're on a nationwide dry spell. We're also on a nationwide hug-free spell. Yeah, someone someone just give us a hug. I, I went into this thing like, oh, I don't need the social interaction, but two yeah. hours and mm, hours two, Yeah. Um, Apparently I, I need something. I went, to a, a, I went to a party. It was like a mini little get-together, and I, and I hugged a girl I hadn't seen, and like, Two months, I literally told him, like, that's the first time I've been hugged in two months. Also, that's the story he didn't tell earlier about how fast you've... Oh, never mind. How fast I've what? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, how you... Oh. <laughs> yeah, pre... As David Tell once said, premature ejaculation. That's a pretty fancy word for, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Your face was so good. It's the face he makes when he does that joke. This is I fucking love that. I, I love that whole special. Oh All right, guys. God. All right, let's let's pl- we'll we'll dismount. Yeah, thank um, you guys for letting us do this. Yes, thank you, thank you, for- thank you, Armchair Media, for letting us bullshit and talk about all the things we talk about. And I'm 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 sorry as we look at the the picture of Alex and Sam up there that this is what your podcast has become. <laughs> every time, like every time I talk, talk to Sam about fuck you, he's like. Oh, yeah, how's that going? I'm like, it's 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 fun. Like we're doing off season episodes, we're we're having fun and I get to talk to Lloyd and we, we still have a strong listener base, I feel like, and it's the fucking best. Yeah, it is. it's also like, hey, you remember that guy who used to send like two birds an episode and you guys do one every other episode? <laughs> He's part of it now. I don't think anyone's has really sent us a burn. No, we should probably do that also. Yeah, if you want Send us your burns. Um, you can look us up, Alex Schubert, Lloyd Johnson on Facebook, and, Instagram. Uh, yeah, fuck you, we like the Bengals on Instagram. Yep, you can um, find us. Yeah, just send in burns, even, any NFL-related whatever, we'll probably... Yeah, just we're, do we're whatever you want, and thank you for listening. Uh, Lloyd, you don't, you don't, do you have any plugs? No. Besides listening to, like, fucking Rumble Lips, New Nasty Boys. Oh, check out the banana tapes. Oh, Ram Barnaclaw. 
I I was driving around and I literally had a lady looking at me like I was a psychopath because I was laughing my laughing my fucking brains out at a stoplight listening to Rand's Banana Tapes. <clears throat> His merch pitch. I was in fucking tears and this lady was looking at me like I was a, a complete psycho. Yes. At a stoplight. Which to me is a great endorsement for something. Like it made me laugh to the point where it was socially unacceptable. <laughs> Man, I, I need to listen to that. I've yet to listen to it. It's uh, so good. I, I've seen Rand set for years and I and I love that guy. He's so fucking funny. He Rand Rand lived in the apartment that we're recording this in. Yep. I, I sure as fuck did as much as anyone can, but that was him yelling at people for coughing, and then the merch pitch and that is... He's a master riffer. He's so good. If you haven't, just go listen to it. Please buy it if you can. It's a guy who's poured his heart and soul into being a comic. Be- being, a, being a funny person is his persona. Yes, go to Rumble Lips. Like his podcast by himself is just, I assure you, you will laugh. There's, it's, it's him and Anna Mazza. Anna Maz is like the producer. And he he's so good. He's so funny. Please check it out. Yes. But, yeah, the Banana, Banana Tape. Volume 1. Uh, Billy DeVorg drinking at the kids' table. That's a big one. Uh, he's a dear, dear friend of the podcast. And then Sam Evans. Uh, go. Uh, Sweet Baby Boy, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to confirm that. It's so good. It's... Uh, I've been I've been so happy with the stuff that's come out during this this past few months with with local comics putting things out. Sam Evans, to his just look up Sam Evans. He's, yep, Sweet Baby Boy. Sweet Baby it Boy. debuts May 29th on all streaming platforms. I, I found I was in I was laughing my fucking balls off at work listening to him. To Ran or Sam or to Sam's. Sam, you have his album already. I mean, Sam's one of the funniest comics there is. Absolute sweetheart of a human. He's the fucking best. So listen to their albums. Um, come back to stand-up shows because The Hub is doing, and I'm not on it, but The Hub is doing like a ticketed show. The Hub and OTR, they're doing a ticketed show on the 25th. And Sweet Baby Blues. Sweet Baby Le- Boy. Leon. Oh, yeah. Sweet Baby Boy Leon Kimbrell will be hosting. Uh, uh. I... I honestly still think that dude can't stand me. Granted, I think everyone hates me. I assure so. you that dude loves you to death because he's one of the nicest people I know. He's like... He's a typical Southern gentleman. I think you don't know how to accept that someone like that likes you. Because I feel like he doesn't like me all the time, but I know he does. Yes. And he's such a sweetheart and such a fucking funny dude. Doesn't have a bad thing to say about anybody. I called him Ernest Jr. one time, and he laughed at me for it. And that's a inside reference, but it, it means something. His mom dated the guy that played Ernest. The guy's name is Jim Varney. Yes. So I yep. called him Ernest Jr. one time, and he just laughed and hugged <laughs> me. So He probably gets that all the time. And I think... So who do you want to hate this month? Ben Roethlisberger. Let's fucking do it. Ready? Guy. I think we only have one thing left to say, Lloyd. Fuck you, you, Ben Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. We We like like the the Bengals. Why, man? Found it. Boom. Fuck you. We 
like the Bengals.